reverse gear. Oh. And I just pushed record, and now we're on live. To Change Yourself, Change the World, episode X, 20-something. Anyways, back here with the homies, Corey Namit, and we got tons of topics we're trying to go through. We'll see how many we go through. Um, where do you guys want to start? Come on, you guys had like hours of talking before this, and well, I don't know. Ask the question you wanted to ask. We're having a gnarly talk about EMS. I don't know if we want to go into that subject and wait till later. Yeah. I'm on. I'm doing a special project for myself. Maybe you guys might want to do it eventually. I'm on like 30 days of microdosing and seeing what that is going to do for my. What is it doing? I, that, that sounds interesting, but. Every time I microdose, I want a macrodose. Instinctively, right. I'm just like, well, I can do a little more. And then after a little more, I can do a little more. And then mm. after a little more, it's like I, I end up eating a grammar. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it, you still, I mean, if anything, you're never going to get higher than you originally were. You're just prolonging. I mean, you're prolonging that whatever feel-good feeling or downloads that you're receiving from the medicine, per se. Um, but at, at the level you're doing... In a macro-dose setting, so I'm trying something to see what it does for me. Yeah, like I was going to say, at, at the level you're doing it, well, you said 25 milligrams. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about stuff. <laughs> I don't know if we should say it. Psilocybin mushrooms. Like, it's All right. No, yeah, it's legal now. Yeah, we're, we're in Oregon. Yeah, we're in Oregon for sure. <laughs> yeah, Pacific Northwest, we got decriminalization everywhere, you know. Well, yeah, with all the drugs legalized over there. Um, yeah. Okay, so at twenty-five milligrams, that's well, like the first day I did uh, point thirteen milligrams, then I did twenty-two milligrams the following day, and now I'm doing twenty-five milligrams. So just kind of, are you doing twenty-five milligrams or point two five grams? Right. 20 point, 25 milligrams is like 0.25 grams that's what i meant oh okay because i was like that's absolutely nothing that's <laughs> yeah so it's like just think 10th a 10th to 20 like what two tenths whatever it is it's very minimal yeah yeah no 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 but yeah no 25 milligrams is insanely small like it's it's oh i know because i'm thinking 50 milligrams is a Wait, no point, 25 milligrams is 0. 0.025 grams yeah, yeah, yeah that's what i that's what i said that's why I said, are you taking 0.25 grams or 25 a milligrams? A, gram. a quarter of a gram. A quarter of a gram, yeah, 0.25 grams. So 250 milligrams. No, uh, the reason I said this is because uh, the, the microdosing that Jordan Peterson was talking about was 25 milligrams to 30 milligrams. Of what, though? Of psilocybin mushroom. You're not going to feel shit on that. You're not supposed to feel shit on that. But I mean, like, you won't even feel an energetic feeling or anything like that. Like, I took... about that. Huh? It, it's it's supposed to be used as a replacement for an antidepressant. That, huh. That's what that's what these microdosing are for. They're yeah, so like <clears throat> the reason, the logic behind that is like, did you guys know that if you like uh, studies in alcohol show that even if you like drink a little bit of alcohol and just to get a little buzz, they found that if you do that every single day, oh, I'm just having a mi cerveza, you know, like you're yeah. Uh, your yellow beer that doesn't really have any alcohol content, you know, just, but they found that even that will gradually uh, reduce the uh, neural connections and it'll slowly smooth out your brain, you know, making you dumber basically. Well, 
would wear shit down, essentially. So like along the same lines, um, if you take something uh, just in order to get an effect that's conscious, then it's probably too much. So that's like the idea behind microdosing that... Um, but still, there's something in you. you. It's not like you're feeling it consciously, but like you can feel just the change, like a little burst of energy, a little something in, in essence. But you're still feeling it. The, the microdosing would be, let's just say those thoughts that got you down don't get you as down anymore. Like that, I think that's the level of the microdose they're trying to get to. Because a lot of people that are microdosing aren't trying to get high. They're not trying well, to have any experience. I'm not trying to get high either. I mean, if anything, for me personally, I notice a lot of negativity. I turn to the negative more than anything. I'm trying to figure out a way. Like, I, I don't understand why every time I look at something, I don't think of the positive first. Because we're biological animals. And... That, that's that's pre-wired in our brain it's a danger receptor it's a danger feeling of like what's behind in that bush it's also there's this it's a natural skepticism i don't think being always positive and everything's always happy and like there's seeing the silver lining is great but always trying to see the silver lining first i i just seems like i don't know there's nothing wrong with being skeptical like you don't have to follow on to your negative thoughts it's not bad to have those negative thoughts though yeah, no, right they serve a purpose i'm not saying that per se yeah. <laughs> video game addiction and then it's also to the point where like yeah. i feel like now we label everything and there's so many dogmas yes. everywhere it yeah. like helps you kind of get back to source and and, and and filter through the bullshit ultimately for me exactly so moment yeah, no, and I get exactly where you're coming from because I, I do the same thing with with weed. I mean, I wish I could do it with mushrooms if I if I had that that option at the moment. That would be actually really great because I would love to do two hundred and fifty grams of mushrooms every day because I would see the changes, and I have done this. And the the physical high or the psychedelic high that I got off that kind of dosage was extremely minimal compared to the real like uh, doses. And you just do feel chippier. <laughs> like, honestly, you're just like, ah, this is great air. Yeah, and I think it's necessary, especially <laughs> with like our most recent, your and my most recent conversation and how, like, I felt like my weed intake was to the point where I'm looking for the highest THC, the most potent shit out there. And it's like kind of putting the same headspace of when I was doing, you know, uh, whether it's fucking heroin or just drugs that I don't necessarily need to feel that way about weed. It doesn't have to get to that extreme, but that's just like kind of a defense making me like, hey, whoa, maybe it's time to chill out for a second, you know? And then realizing it's kind of trickling over and leading to some thoughts that I didn't need to think in the moment per se, you know? Or maybe I was just carrying over them and I'm putting myself in that conscious state too often. Yeah, well, getting in that weed, well, getting high, it does drive you into the paranoia. And paranoia can, it just means your thoughts are accelerated to the max. And that can be good or be bad and be like, oh my gosh, life is beautiful. And, da, 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 da. and you see the connection or life. Oh, what the hell is this? And da, 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 da. you see the connections for all the right. bullshit. So depends on, I guess, the collective too. Cause I mean, again, like there's the heavy energy of everything going on, you know, like the political bullshit. The, it's true. It's, and how much you let in. Yeah. I mean, we, you can just clearly ignore it and be like, man, all oh, this is bullshit. Oh, I didn't. That was another thing. And it was like, in that podcast talking about how much our screens, whether we believe it or not, like they impact us, you know? And I think that like, even the three days that I was in Utah, 
less screen time actually benefited me quite a bit because I came back like feeling recharged. I got, you know, didn't have to think about work and realizing the karma's all inner loop because I'm working. Like this is not only my home station, my workstation is like every station now. So it's like, yeah, you, you get caught in that. So even when you don't need to think about work, you're stuck up thinking about the work that you're doing, even though it's not like really work. I play and I train people, you know what I mean? To the same extent um, and create experiences, but still like any good thing can become if you're too comfortable or whatever, you get uncomfortable somewhere. You get com uncomfortable even in the comfort. This is why I think, well, feng shui is, 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 makes, is, is, makes sense, as well as compart compartment, compartmentalizing. Is that what you say? Yeah. Putting things in compartments, dividing things. Um, your workstation from your PlayStation, from your uh, eating station, from all these things. Like having my room be almost everything is fucking annoying because my room is almost everything. And at the same time, I could be working or I could be taking a nap. Environments play a huge role in, in regards right. to growth. If you're, if you're like on disciplined enough per se to like kind of give exactly. you that. So the moment, the times I've been the most disciplined is when I compartmentalized everything. So in the morning, I was waking up at like six in the morning and I was meditating and I was doing insanity in the next room because I had a spare bedroom. And in Thailand, and I was just like, all right, I'm gonna just work. This is gonna be my workout room. And mm. I worked out six times a week in that room, like consistently. Uh. And like when, when my work and my play and everything was separated, it was so much easier to have discipline. Like it, it truly is. Like me doing work here takes me way too much energy. Like I fidget around too much. I have ADHD naturally. I'm, I'm self diagnosing myself, but. I lose um, attention very quickly, as you can tell right now. <laughs> like I lost my train of thought right now. This shit happens constantly. Sometimes yeah, it doesn't help. The, the uh, show that you were recommending, um, Living 4D, that um, there was one subject there that when you lose your train of thought, apparently you're, you're using your right brain. right brain. You listen to it, right? So you go from left to right. It's like quality versus quantity. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's very true. Like, you know, I'll have like conversations with a client sometimes. And normally I'm like pretty robotic and left brain and strict and kind of impersonable and kind of non amicable. But when I start being more like in the flow, I'm shift over to the right brain. Yeah. And I just like, uh, I, I think I do a better job and they like me a lot more. And but I end up losing kind of like my train of thought. So that's why it's important to have an agenda. Right. That way you can just play around in your right brain. Fall back on. Yeah. Well, it's because it's a reminder. Sometimes you get in your left brain like, okay, how does the world want me to act? What am I supposed to act in this moment? Instead of like, oh, right brain, I'm just who I am. You know what I mean? Like I'm flow. I don't have to pretend like anything or whatever it is. Not like you have to pretend per se, but like customer service or this. You know what I mean? Like you have this like set of principle or set of things that you have right. to follow categorical things. True. And yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Whatever you've conditioned yourself or whatever previous education systems, workplaces, whatever, anything that we've not like re unlearned on our own, which is like the most difficult thing I feel like is you don't know what you need to unlearn until you like come to that circumstance. Actually, I think you should unlearn everything. Uh, that's the point. I also, we reinvent ourselves every day, right? So like some people have their huge rituals that they love that they work so well they're reinventing that part but then in between they reinvent elsewhere too it's very interesting well wow. yeah, i don't know if we should unlearn everything we have 
there's probably like a, a lot of things we have to unlearn. History, man. I mean, it, all right. <laughs> I think we need to unlearn like a lot of the preconceived notions we have in the past, right? And we don't want to unlearn skills. I think like we want well, to like I mean, maybe get to them. Ones that don't serve you. Yeah, ones ones that you don't need anymore. You can just put a on the. You can save it on the on the hard drive. You don't have to keep it up front. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, like definitely everything is worth examining. Like, yeah. like, but I don't know if it's worth fully unlearning. Like, well, but it needs to be like, it needs a lot of things need to be tweaked. Like even the good things, yeah. you can like fix them. Like yeah, how you med- there's this book called uh, Unlearning Meditation, and it talks about how like I. I definitely, as a person who's been meditating the wrong way for a long time, I definitely uh, benefited from that book because it just just goes into some of the things on how to like some of the basics in meditation. And a lot of people like they've been meditating for many years, but they haven't been meditating the right way. And there's something called in Zen Buddhism, uh, dead tree emptiness, where um, you have this peacefulness in your meditation, but it's not really. Um, alive peacefulness is like this stagnant peacefulness not like um, it's not a responding and uh, immediately immersed present-minded peacefulness it's it's kind of like a stagnant stuck kind of peacefulness you know wait so is that what we're going for is, what do you mean what was the point of the stagnant peacefulness again we're not going for we're, it's called it's called like uh, um, in, in Zen Buddhism it's called um, uh, empty tree or dead tree zen like dead tree calmness basically like basically like a dead tree and the analogy it's a really good visual analogy because it's basically like a dead tree you're, you're, if you instead of your calmness being like um, a rotting tree your calmness should be like a flourishing um, beautiful tree that gradually grew from verdant oh. roots and it's really alive you know it's not just like some sort of uh, calmness that you just force yourself into it's not like a stagnant sleepy calmness you know I, th- I think i got it you don't want the peace of death you want the peace of thriving life yeah Actually, the thriving that life that's kind of like a um so what's a good analogy like yeah yeah like basically like a, a yeah a thriving tree but because thriving kind of goes towards uh I think yeah, thrive because when I think of thriving, I'm thinking of like all this scatteredness. But thriving is kind of like interconnected, and it's accepting all those interconnections, and it's working together without resisting. Yeah, exactly. It's the the non-resisting part, the just flowing, the ever flow. It's not that nothing's there. Even though the abyss is a very extreme fucking feeling to have, if you've ever felt the abyss, I I, I feel I feel you. I feel your pain. I feel your sorrow. I feel your despair. It's it's insane. And <laughs> it's kind of weird because the abyss kind of turned into gratefulness. Because I'm like, fuck. <laughs> There's so much nothing there. I'm so happy. There's so much a lot of whatever the fuck this is here. Right, and that's your big DMT trip. That was not actually. That was my. After the DMT, it was one of the shroom trips I was I was on when I was barely started doing like uh, the Shambhavi and it was around that time, like last year. It was, like, it was after DMT though. Ah, the People DMT. Talk about the same thing as like near death experiences though, like kind of mm-hmm. remind you that 
you are everything. Yeah, my 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 dad had well, he had cancer, and during that surgery, where they removed the cancer, he went through radiation and chemotherapy and all this other crap. But during that surgery, like before or after, like that surgery, he just there was a weight that was lifted off of him because he used to be much more stress reactive. My whole family is a bunch of high-wired people that get stressed for very no reason at all, or very minor reasons. But after that, he he calmed down like a lot, like just his stress levels. Like he himself is being more noticing him himself more. He's like he's paying more attention to the diet. He's paying more attention to well a lot of shit. So. Yeah, that near-death experience kind of that was recent. shook him the right way. That was, no, like 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. But my uncle went the opposite way, and that was last year. So, so instead what? of, my uncle, instead of trying to actively change his diet and trying to actively exercise and moving here and doing this, and he went the chemotherapy way, and he kind of just faded away. And the difference between... I don't know how this conversation started, but the difference between my, my, my dad and, and my uncle is my dad had hope and he was positive and he was, he was optimistic and my uncle was not. You can yeah. tell by, by his that, actions. Huh? That's like, uh, it's basically this, the story plot line of man's search for meaning, like going in concentration camps. The moment you give up your will right. and your hope for something to be better, you're done. You're he, dead. It's gone. He, here's the thing though it wasn't the words he said or didn't say because he well it kind of was because every time he would ask him it was like well let's hope or we can only that we can only do this and it was never uh yeah i'm going to get better it was never uh i'm gonna do better i'm gonna heal myself or i'm gonna do any of these things there was never any positive affirmations it was more like a hopeful kind of maybe perhaps 50 50 not really it was kind of these these thoughts that 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 or these words that he was saying and he was speaking and acting in this kind of way he was going to the restaurants and eating the food he liked to eat even though the same food was the one that probably caused him to have was it pancreatic cancer or or colon cancer it's one of the one of these colon stomach cancers like one of the typical cancers that men get he had it and i and i and i've i believe 95 percent is huh a lot of men get prostate cancers too though yeah 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 well yeah, I, I had to do something with his diet. I'm not sure exactly what cancer it was, but it had to do with the digestive tract. And yeah, before he passed away, it, was, it had just spread. Like they couldn't do anything. And I told him to try weed. I told him to do mushrooms. I asked him if he wanted any of these other heal, healing, healing able medicines and they're just they were just skeptical he was just scared he never wanted to take them like i should have just sat there and taken one with him and like i, I realized i should have I could have done more probably should have done more but yeah I, I just couldn't change i couldn't get him to see a different way he kind of already made up his mind and that again I, when i uh, uh, may bring back come back to the point of unlearning everything when i meant when I said unlearning everything, it isn't just because I want you to become a fucking savage or just a beast. No, like unlearn everything and then relearn everything that in a way that fits 
you and the situation better. Like, be prudent in your knowledge. Like, even if you know the answer, it might be 1% different in this situation. You don't know until you kind of go through all of it. So that's, that's what I meant by unlearning everything. And yeah, I think unlearning is a great thing. I, I think we don't do it enough. How do we unlearn? I don't know. Yeah, like, how, how does one really, like, um, are you able to test that or track that or, you know? I have no idea. Um, so interesting. How do we unlearn things? I mean, the first step of unlearning is questioning. Right. It literally is. Because if you're not questioning anything, then... Yeah, because is there? do you think that there's really any way to technically unlearn? I mean, if you're just learning what you choose to want to learn, isn't that technically unlearning anything that no longer serves you? Like, because it's the same scenario we, we call something brainwashing, but no washing is actually happening. It's just programming. And that's just constant, you know, stimulus in one way or form in the form of ads or television or cell phone or whatever it is, school. Well, you don't have to unlearn it. You just don't have to. Maybe you, you you deem it, your perspective of it says that it no longer serves you. You like you use it differently then. In that case, you just use it differently. You just put in a different data category now. It's like, useful information? Eh, shit, I used to think I knew. <laughs> like, But is it like, do you think it's, it's, is it one of those things, maybe you have to actually like say it out loud or, you know, your brain has to hear it. Otherwise you're thinking the thoughts, but it's not going to do it itself. Like, this is something you think you have to add. Like, I mean, it's something in a way to try. It's not going to hurt either way, but it's like, depends. It depends on you. Honestly, it's like a mantra. Do you need this mantra to be internal or external? And if people well, don't know what I'm saying. Why certain things like um, certain religions will say prayer beats this many times, the same thing over and over and over and over. Same name over and over and over and over and over. There's a reason for this type of shit. Right. Somebody decided that that was necessary. Yeah, like I, uh, we chant Namo uh, Amitabu. And that's, that's the name that, well, Ahmed explained that. What's Namo Amitabu? Uh, Namo is uh, like obeisance, like uh, praise. And then uh, Amitabha is the uh, Buddhist uh, deity of like, he's a Buddha of light. And uh, so it means like, so if you want to use it broadly, it can, it, you can say that, you know, uh, praise to light. But if you, if you all the way, it, it can have meanings all the way to praise to the, this, you know, Amitabha Buddha. And, you know, if you say it, I mean, the sutra, if you read it, this Buddha, he, he vowed that if you say this seven times for real, then um, you will have the seeds in your, in your consciousness to be reborn in the Western paradise, which is this like insanely uh, perfect uh, place to gain enlightenment like this place has jewel encrusted like uh heavens it's like it's, it's basically like a it's a buddha realm that uh, amitabha buddha designed just so that people can be born there and get you know get enlightened um you gotta say like seven times like legit 
No, I think that's. It has to be a, a call from, from the soul. <laughs> yeah, basically, you can't. They're not just words. And yeah, the well, the reason we we chant these words is it is to. Well, one to praise, uh, to praise the light Buddha, the Buddha of light. Two, it's to get into that realm. So, imagine that these realms are all around us and saying the word Namo Amitabha, then you, your body's able to unlock that realm. So every time you say it real is, is one, one key to a lock that's there for that realm. And once you do say it seven times and you do get your, your consciousness has the seed to be able to be whatever it is to that. So the point is, you call this out in order for these realms to appear before you. They don't really come to you because they're there, but they're yeah, they, you're able to see them. DMT is always there. You just don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, it's always there. You just weren't paying attention the right way. Right. And, mm-hmm. and saying these words, focus on, make, make you pay attention the right way or that focus way, whatever, whatever the chant or <laughs> mantra might be. Whoa, unlearning from beginning. Oh, so the book you were talking about, the Unlearning Buddhist book. And yeah. I can see why this would be useful for you because you probably have a lot of practices and a lot of preconceived notions of what you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to see and how you're supposed to do all these things. And I can see how I can stifle or at least make you a little bit delusional because it makes me... Yeah, but I mean, it's, but some of those things are correct. Some of those instructions are core instructions that are important as ABCs. And then some of the other things are, are like accents, like an Indian accent, you know, it's, it's stuff that I've kind of collected mm. and, you know, mislearned. And uh, there's also like a lot of pride and ego, like, mm. Hey, I, I know everything. I know like everything about Buddhism more than person that's a scholar. And I have kind of an ego wrapped up around it. So <laughs> even though that's even, and that ego is wrapped up around what? Um, you basically useless knowledge um, because uh, not use unactualized knowledge, which is how useful, you know, completely useless. Um, but uh, yeah, that I think that, uh, there's a lot of uh, things where I think I'm doing it right, but I'm not actually doing it. Or I'm kind of like over the years, I, I might've kind of lost my, um, my beginner's mind. There's a really good book called uh, beginner's mind by uh, Shumi Suzuki. Interesting. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really, really a uh, good book. It's really short, and it just like really gets to the point of uh, you should have like pretty much everything. Like when you started it for the first time, remember how like awesome you were at it? How quickly you learned it? Especially those things that you're really good at now. Like, yeah. So kind of embodying that energy and that um, empty cup. Um, ferocity to everything so coming into everything as if you were new not necessarily saying you don't know any of these things but just not having any bias prejudice or so it's like a white men, white belt mentality you're trying to learn yeah and too yeah. many expectations and it's almost like many... it's the same extent i heard a good analogy shout out my friend john carlo he said something about a sponge. When a sponge, you absorb things, right? But you release what's unnecessary and you keep what is. You can, if you can think of your mind like that to the same extent, you got to clear out that dirtiness to get new stuff. 
Interesting. Yeah, you do. You can't. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. You gotta clear out the dirtiness in order to put new stuff in. You we gotta clear out the right? We'll be able to clean out what's unnecessary or clean out the stuff that doesn't serve you or that's you can't just polish it on top. And this is why I think false positivity is is a danger. Mostly because people will think you're happy when you're extremely sad. <laughs> Look at everybody having mental health issues. This is true. Most most people, most people do have some kind of mental health issue. Every, every one of us could be. I myself definitely have some. I know that. I mean, yeah. it, it depends on what day of the month and where the moon is sometimes. <laughs> Damn, like, sometimes we all fucking act like, uh, what do we call them? Not the wolf beast. What are the people that, full moon people, full moon wolves? Werewolves. Werewolves? Werewolves. Oh, I <laughs> yeah, well, that, that shit's real. And, 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 well, this past full moon, I became more meditative. And I'm actually, I enjoy meditating and, and doing my practice at night way more than I enjoy it in the morning. Mostly because, well, I think it's a moon helping us, no, helping me uh, feel that energy, but at the same time, it's a darkness. When you're in the dark, it's much easier to get into meditative state than when, because I'm closing my eyes and if I'm focusing up here and, and my, my, my pineal gland, eventually my eyes kind of flicker when they're meditating, there's a flickering. And with the flickering, there's little glimpses of light that might be disturbing. But at night, it's like wearing a fucking band. You're like, there's darkness if I open my eyes and there's darkness if I, do, uh, if I close them. So it, it, it doesn't mess up my concentration. At the same time, I, I do feel more focused when it comes to spiritually at night than I do in the day. So... Yeah, I guess we just depend. Everybody has a mental health issue. We just have different ways of coping with it. Well, it's funny because you say at night, like I'd be the opposite. I would say like it's at night for me, but then the early hours of the morning, like 4 or 5 a.m., well, it's still dark out, but it's not nighttime. It's daytime, you know? Like I'm starting my day instead of ending my day. And that would work well if I was okay with chanting at 4 in the morning. Fair. Well, and if you also have <laughs> up at that hour as well i also have clients like at 5 30 yeah so. yeah I, I think right now I, I i know i don't need to be loud when i chant but i'm still testing my voice and so i i i, I moderate the frequency to my to to, to uh, i moderate the 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 volume because i want to feel the resonance within me and i know it has nothing to do with with volume, but it helps when you're learning. It helps to see, okay, this vibrates when I go this way and this vibrates when I do this. And if I do this one and I hold my breath and I do this, then it goes this way. And I'm like, oh, okay. And volume just helps me notice it much more clear, much more easier. Actually, so right now, I've, um, I forgot to mention this to you and we were talking about this in the past, but uh, um, there's uh, good teachings by Master Roy Nan, who's like, my original teacher, he, he talks about this stuff a lot and about this, uh, how to properly do mantra. There's like so many points, but about the vibration part, um, you don't even have to, uh, being loud doesn't necessarily vibrate more resonantly. Right. Um, you can do it like really low because the you actually waste vibration 
by expelling it too loudly. So right. he actually said that you're supposed to do it more quietly all the way up to the point, and this leads to the other things that he was talking about, but all the way to the point where you're not even like moving your lips because uh, um, your tongue is basically like supposed to represent the, 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 the spiraling of the Kundalini. So all you need to do is move your tongue and your, the rest of your facial structure, the rest of everything else is just kind of like a, a container mm-hmm. for, for that energy. Uh, so you're not supposed to move, you're not supposed to bustle around your body and other muscles. You're supposed to just reduce it down to like the very bare minimum, which is just basically like your tongue sh- shape because the sounds are produced by the tongue. So like that's why different mantras will actually move the tongue in a different way. And you're actually uh, opening up different parts of your body and, and chi channels and stuff that goes into all these other interesting subjects. But Well, most of what I chant is om, and I don't move my tongue when I say om. Oh, I mean, you're going I, like, oh, so you're going like, your tongue is at a lower position, and then it, it goes it, to it, a it, higher well, position. My mouth, uh, that's the only thing that changes, is the jaw. Me closing my mouth is the only thing that's changing. Me moving my tongue, that's just because my mouth is closing. I, I guess that's what it means, but I don't solely control my tongue. I, can, I do it when I chance other things just to, to see where it, the, the energy goes and how it comes out because I test shit out. I, I, I'm curious. I'm just naturally curious and see, okay, if I do this, what happens? Okay. And if I do this, what happens? Okay. That's it. But for the most part, um, when it comes to the vibration, it's, it's, I'm trying not to move the tongue. I got all. I'm, try, I'm trying to just to make it big. Um, and, and it takes me a while to not even to get out of the instinct of wanting to move my tongue so I have to do it again and again and again it's a repetition thing and yeah it becomes a trance and, and eventually I don't it's not as loud it doesn't have to be as loud for me to feel the resonance and I get it and sometimes I feel that I'm going loud and I'm like oh well, 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 this is distracting it's not not going right it's not the, not the flow it's like yeah. a bell curve well, not a bell curve, like a, I don't know, it's like a curve. And if you're not following that slope at the right angle, it, it's, it, it, it feels off. And that, yeah, if you go too high, it feels off. If you go too low and you're not putting enough energy, it feels off. If you go too long, it feels off. If you go too short, it feels off. <laughs> you're just like, God damn. Yeah. And then sometimes you just, you have this energy inside you. Like when I do the first, my first um, I just do it really loud. Yeah. And then my next few ones, I get tuned into it. Right. So I, I've actually noticed that many times when I start chanting, my voice starts cracking. It's like, eh. and it's just, it's like removing all the sand and shaking off all the dust before I actually start chanting. Hmm. And, and I think that's where a lot of people feel, I don't know, shy might, might be the word, shy to chant or don't, don't want to do it too much because they're like, oh my gosh, it sounds weird. And it, to me, it's just like warming up. It's like a warm-up and your voice goes, eh. and if you have tons of mucus because of the foods you eat and the environment you're in and exercise and so on and so forth, yeah, that's going to affect your chanting. And one big, um, one big, oh, mosquito, got to kill it. One big thing, <laughs> one big thing is um, I'm trying to eat less mucusy foods solely because of my chanting and because of my breathing. Because I've noticed that when I don't eat mucusy foods and I have, I'm taking 
these turmeric pills now, which are great. These turmeric with a uh, black black pepper extract, like 95% curcuminoids. It helps with the clearing of the mucus up here. So I, I feel there's no congestion. And because there's no congestion, when I'm breathing at night, this cold air that we're starting to get, it doesn't, my head doesn't get cold. And it doesn't start cracking uh, the mucus there, which doesn't let, let bacteria in. So I, I, the reason we get sick in the cold is because our mucus and, and everything that usually protects us gets cold and gets a little bit solidified and there's cracks that are able to get through and bacteria is able to get through our, um, our mucus, our natural protective mucus layer. Now I feels great. I don't know. I don't know this tangent where I was coming from, but beginner's mind. Yes. Turmeric. Yes. Chanting. Do it. Even if you sound like shit, do it. Yeah. The the reason uh, that was an interesting story. Um, so Master Wai Chi Nan, he, the, he's going to talk about that uh, tongue thing. One of, the, one of the other reasons he says to do that, well, he, he was like a, he was a military general uh, and he 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 actually advised to do that because they would capture you, in in you know, and uh, put you in concentration camps. And if you pretended that you're religious, then you know they would kill you. So yeah, you can't in China. This is you know you can't be religious. You get killed. So like, and I, I we're going into that same kind of environment like now. I mean, there's a lot of scary things. So who knows? You might be stuck in a jail cell somewhere, and all you have to do at that point is get a soup, a bowl of soup and, and cultivate and do your secret practices. And, you know, and that secret practice might just be, you know, trying to waken up your Kundalini so you can um, move that in conjunction with your meditative practice and, um, and then have it reach your, uh, your other chakras and thus be able to achieve uh, samadhi states and then thus be able to achieve enlightenment you know and then thus be able to kind of make it out of this uh this body that we're trapped in i i think you just gave the i think Corey wants to say that but i think you just gave the most optimistic example of achieving enlightenment during pima camps <laughs> it happens you know that the buddhism has has plenty of stories like that where the king is like the king one time he like recognized this one one guy that he's you know that he's a little comfortable but that he saw a lot of potential in him and so he gave him like a death sentence. he's like if you don't get enlightened in a week um you're gonna have a death sentence. you're gonna you're gonna i'm gonna, <laughs> gonna kill you so they put him in jail for a week and then you know he comes out in line <laughs> what yeah and Dude. i think a lot of people like that like i know for sure i'm like that if i had a death sentence on my head i'd achieve samadhi right away <laughs> about that we all have a death sentence we just can't yeah, like everyone's gonna die eventually right we just don't know that exact day everyone is can't. come to this planet with a death sentence yeah but there's a pretty high percentage chance i'm not gonna die in a week a year two years their new lore is gonna it's closing in on us you know? we're done done Game potential over. but lower percentage but i get i get your point i get yeah, your idea years. too i don't know dude I, I i might just rebel against the king to become unenlightened and be like fuck this guy <laughs> Tell me what to do. Those are the days when they would uh, really um, honor authority, and you know there was you know the 
There's also days of serfdom too. But, uh, a legit patriarchy. Yeah, I mean, there's a good thing and a bad, and there's a good side and a bad side to patriarchy. Like a, like a benevolent king's, you know, if you don't, if people follow that benevolent king, then it, it's like a shortcut to a lot of good. But um, right. But unfortunately, unbenevolent kings and malicious kings are usually more remembered and followed for the most part but <laughs> well, I don't know maybe, maybe just because they were bad that we maybe everything in the world has been 99% good it's just that 1% bad that's really fucked obviously statistics are not I'm just throwing out random numbers but still yeah I, I, I think we got kind of derailed like a few yeah. times ago we were talking about magnetic fields or something. Um, yeah, we were talking about something about how uh, oh, yeah. everything relates to magnetic fields, bro. Beginner's mind is a magnetic field. Unlearning yeah. is a magnetic field. <laughs> Mindsets are only magnetic fields. No. I don't know. Mindsets Ooh. bring about magnetic fields? I don't know. Mm. Living for the magnetic field. You guys ever find yourself having conversations with people like, I don't know, something came to mind, like you guys were talking about chakras, right? Like, so whenever you have conversations in a spiritual sense with people, have you ever had come to a setting where they feel like they have a chakra that is imbalanced or whatnot? Like, just curious if you guys ever run into that. Yeah, me. But like, okay, so what, <laughs> what, yeah, but like, I mean, conversing with other people, you, you, aside from you, you've never come across anybody? Of other people saying that, well, people that are usually into right key talk about that kind of stuff. I haven't yeah. talked to too many of them recently. I haven't talked to so many people. Feel, which, which, which do you feel like, where do you feel like your imbalances are? Or in the past, where do you feel like you were imbalanced and had to find balance again? Either way, maybe my throat chakra, my fifth chakra, as well as What's the second one called? The sexual yes. drive one. It's Fondestana. What? What's the English name for it? <laughs> uh, the uh, sacral chakra? Yeah. The yeah. Uh, on top of the root chakra, because I'm not scared of death or of fear. I don't have those survival instincts. So sex drive, right? Sacral sex drive? Yeah, it's right. like your connect, you know, I think it's like connectedness you know to that uh intimacy right so yeah that so those two chakras are the ones that i have the most trouble and i guess the pineal gland one mostly because of mindset and environmental factors fluoride and gmos and such and that aluminum and all that crap yeah for me i i, I got problems with every single chakra i think i'm like i have like maybe five percent of them opened Shit, bro. Every single one. It, it would be a better question. To, like, you know, which one is the least? Which one is chakra? Because I tend to have conversations quite often. Like, somehow, man, I, but what I hear most from people is their root. But then I must be coming across people that are worried about death or survival. Yeah. I mean, people who stress out and have anxiety, like massive levels of anxiety, which is most people in this 
California, I guess. That was <laughs> I I always took with red being a primal color and red being the root and being in like the looks like it's more along the lines of reproductive organ area. That made me think that that was more. Um, well, that, that's what I meant by the second, because I think it, it is this, the sacral chakra. I don't, th- I don't think it's the root chakra that deals with, with, with sex and reproduction. But if it is, one of those lower <laughs> lower ones, that's kind of yeah. where I'm at as well. And is this constant need of knowing, logically knowing, and even spiritually knowing that kind of being alone and nurturing yourself and doing these things and, and, and as well alone is, is way more beneficial for me because it's hard to do any kind of practice when there's someone else that you have to think about. We, none of us have kids. If we had kids, it'd be a lot harder to do all those shit that we, we do want to do and, and think about so on one aspect i think there's like a yeah yeah, like on that point on kids like you know everything has a silver lining you know and i always try to look at it i I freaking hate kids and i don't want kids but uh um like (laughs) if we had a kid kids are amazing like you can like use use them for like kind of like just seeing your own developmental structure and it can build a lot of your chakras, like, you know, in terms of understanding your own heart and, and, and interconnectedness. And that, uh, yeah. Millie, yeah, Millie, Millie, you said kids, I hate kids, but. <laughs> yeah, but if, if I had one, you know, I, I would change my perspective on that, you hey, know, this I, is, I, this is to be recorded, but you know, <laughs> hopefully it's not. You're talking to two dudes that works with kids for a living too, like for a cool minute as well. Hey, bro, I don't like most kids. I'm gonna be. I would say I want to have a kid. I don't mind that. Like, my reason why I worked with kids was to set them straight and really pick their brains and kind of see where they were headed. And fuck, man, I kind of just landed at the job and I kind of liked it. And there's there's some obstructive things with kids, but definitely I think uh, nature designed us like to like you know. There's a lot of things with even with sex that's conducive to spiritual evolution there's a lot of things with our progeny that are conducive to spiritual evolution and all sorts of evolution well that's i think a big a big thing in this culture in this society at least is we don't understand what nature is we are not anywhere near natural beings per se like we we tend to like think oh Okay, it's a bit exaggeratory with what I'm speaking of, but we are trying to manipulate nature. Nature's super patient. We're, we're rushing to everything. You know, we want something to happen right in and there. Nature doesn't rush anything. Like, the, the, the leaves fall, the plants die, come back. You know what I'm saying? Like, it never forces anything. If anything, we're trying to force some shit. Sure. We're trying to I mean, fight what is natural, in essence. And then we build something man-made, and then humans, if they don't, aren't critical thinkers, think that that's natural. I'm not really sure what you're referencing, but yeah, for the most like part. Like in our setting right now, we now think that this is a natural setting, but it's not a natural setting. No, I, I think this is unnatural setting, especially all these corners. But if I you were to talk to those. people in the, in the populace, they think this is a natural setting. Yeah, it's because the people are... Uh, the rabble? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think you've been listening to too much Living 4D, Corey. <laughs> that, that, 
yeah that pop, that that uh that show is pretty good i i mean i'm gonna start listening to it a lot more uh they talk about all this you know um holistic stuff that we talk about but like on a on a like a next level and and, and like with um action points to it to it yeah um, but i mean in backing too man these this guy's not just like paul check himself was in the military he was talking about how he was like he said he used to deal with Marines, and I didn't realize how crazy Marines are. Like, the dude's seen a lot. He's been in the shit himself. Like, even that, uh, if you were listening to Dr. Kareem, like, that dude said he was re- researching things in the 61. Paul's like, I was born in 61. Thank God I got you on here. He was laughing about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that, that thing with the magnetic field was just like, that's stuck in my mind right now. I got to finish it. But, uh, you know, where he talks about how we can, you know, um, that they used to have uh, crystals in like certain places and then farmers would compete to to um have their cattle graze the grass that was growing in in those more crystal rich areas because um the cattle would give more um they would, because the plants were richer in quality so the cattle were eating that so the cattle um when they ate the cattle they the cattle were just like way more healthy um more nutritious and stuff mm-hmm. um, but um yeah, and then he 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 brought that out to you know that analogy to like how we have more modern technologies now, where we can kind of um, directly create those magnetic resonances, you know, with our technology now. We don't have to rely on crystals. Hmm. Yeah, they actually like, but they go super in depth as well to say everything that we search for externally, that we try to ingest, that we try to make, that we try to do, it's all within us. It's like funny that we do that. It's all energy. What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, what do you mean it's all with what, what, what action points did he get from there? I would say like, where was he going with that? Is there a way to override technology? Cause that's like, that's, that's the most important thing to learn. We're not going to be able to escape this cement jungle. Um, we should, we got to learn. I mean, it's been all night or right, but right away, you know, we should always learn to deal with the immediate present. Um, how can we like energy shield? Yeah, energy shields, uh, energy projection, um, survivalism in the jungle. All that's that's coming in the next couple of thousands of years. Um, the reason I say this is because the Earth is going to be in a different place according to the universe, and we're going to be in a different density of what we call magic particles. Quote, unquote, we're going to be able to manipulate what we perceive as dark matter right now. It's not going to be so mysterious in a couple thousands of years when we were in a different place. Yeah, you're talking about like two levels forward. I'm talking about just like the very, oh, okay. right now we have like, yeah. you know, <laughs> we have we have a electromagnetic underwear. We have a, yeah, like, we do. I mean, not electromagnetic shielded underwear, you know, all, all sorts of stuff like that, you yeah. know. That's real. Basic and tech. the little chips that are supposed to create the shields and the rounds, like, I don't know how much I trust those things. I, mm-hmm. well, I guess they are right because if they have testing, then I guess they're right. But have you guys seen those cards or chips or thing, little bracelets you might carry that are meant to create some type of electromagnetic shield around you? You guys have not seen that? The fuck? Bracelets? Like, you know, Shungite or like those cards? There's a specific like... It's going to be a man-made thing to protect man-made. Was that the one yeah. with like the flower of life and, um, and stuff on it? Maybe. Maybe it was just carrying around organite level stuff or something like that. But there there are, are things 
already out there to create little shields around us to protect us from this EMF thing. I, I think the best solution is to get the fuck out and go create a better, a more, a more prudent and efficient society somewhere else. Yeah, but while you're creating that, um, you're still here. And while we're talking about it, might as well, like, you know, put your tinfoil hat on. It's not, some people do that. They'll just, I'll, did you see that, uh, you know? Tin Alex cast? Jones, yeah, I saw that. I saw He's straight before. up done it as tinfoil. Tinfoil. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah but, in, you know, like, but you can give a little bit of shield. Does the tinfoil really even work? Is that just like an old fucking bullshit? I think it works. I think what Tim Cass was saying, work. that was bullshit. He was, he was saying that, oh, I heard that um, the waves will go in your in tinfoil and magnify it. Yeah. I, Tim I, Cass I, is super pessimistic sometimes. Well, with well, the, you know, luminous yeah, he, he, he's, he, he hasn't taken enough mushrooms. You can tell yeah, he hasn't taken yeah, enough yeah. mushrooms. That'll be interesting. Hella pessimistic, that makes sense. No, it's just he's uh, unable to see different versions of reality. Like the other guy who was on there a lot of times, so somewhat close-minded then is what you're saying? Just narrow-minded in his thoughts? You can't be close-minded to something you can't, you don't have access to and you don't want access to. So you, like, you're close-minded in a way you do want to try it, but yeah, they're just, you, the you don't have all the facts. You remove the blinders, you'd be able to see. Yeah. He hasn't but then even that, 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 you know, the silver lining there is, I mean, he's, that's what makes him great at what he's doing, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's so focused on the facts. Yeah, I mean, no. yes and no, though. Like, you, you could say that right now, but if we haven't seen the other side, to see that if he, he might even be even better at what he's doing if he didn't. Or he might fuck everything up and start skateboarding all day. Yeah, of course, there's, I mean, there's, either way you can go hard with that. But it's just like, I mean, yeah, maybe that ego death is like, oh, fuck, I really don't need to be doing what I'm doing anymore. This is killing me. Well, it's politics. You know, like, or I got like, a skating oh, ring. I need to go the message they need to know even more. You know what I mean? The people need to fucking hear it. Just, you know that fool has his own skating ring, right? Who? He has his own half pipe. Who? Tim Pool, the guy we're talking about in Tim Cat. Yeah, yeah. yeah I saw that video. He on his, his studio is like right next to a half pipe. <laughs> You're like, what? This, this is pretty cool, anyways. Besides, besides yeah. matter. Yeah, that guy needs mushrooms. I think that's that's all he needs. He needs to get his homie, one of the ones with the long hair, to give him some mushrooms. Mm. Yeah, and I, well, well, right. And and on that note, isn't it crazy though? that in essence we do we are having a human experience but luckily there is mother nature who decided to create these fungi or these plants to remind us of our true potential or what we really are like you know what i mean like i mean now because we're we've created so much um fucking technology around us you know all these things that kind of maybe keep us in a box per se instead of thinking outside of the box but you get that communication with nature again through fungus you know it's very interesting how it like can help you mentally it can help you physically it can help you i don't know it's really interesting those are little reminders though like hmm. I, I still think mushrooms are communication with the death realm death realms there's, there's a lot of i mean mushrooms like no matter how you look at it how voodoo you want to get how in the middle and then at the, there's clinical practices that show that, you know, Stanford, you know, they're, they're all doing clinical studies on it and that it cures uh, neurodegenerative diseases, uh, um, 
schizophrenia and things like that. Like, you know, so what's it going to do for the regular person? It's of course going to make them better too. Right. Well, is there really a regular person? I think that we're all just like have backed up traumas that we're really not even identifying or realizing that we have. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a regular person. I'm talking, you know, comparing compared by kids, compared by kids. But we're definitely not deranged. We're we're we're, oh, we're normal sure. enough to to be able to. You know, there's a lot of people that putting in the work though. Motherfuckers have to continuously work for that shit. It, it, you know, I think that it's not just I put in a little bit of work and now I'm fine. No, then you find something else, you put in more work. You know, it's like it's like an introspective thing that never fucking ends. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. that's life. Yeah. What, uh, yes, is like, that awareness is that like the first step in consciousness is understanding that you know like growth like hence we made i mean hence rico created the show change yourself change the world and here we are this is what we do to change ourselves to change our world and all our worlds seem to match up together to an extent obviously otherwise we wouldn't be on the zoom or this uh this uh gathering in, in oregon together yeah, that was amazing uh, synchronicity. Yeah, I think we all need mushrooms. Or except for Corey. I don't need them. <laughs> you got them, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you need these. I don't know. I, I, I don't like, I don't like, uh, um, or need. Because you can tap into a lot of those insights. Once you've had the experience, you can pretty much. I can, if I want to be drunk, I can be drunk right now. I can just, not like full, full oh, home blown drunk, but okay, I can but have like a controlled, relaxed state of drunkenness. You know, I can have that. that. That's all I, I really can, want. You know, that's all I really ever want. I can get tipsy too. Yeah, but it, okay. So you, with getting tipsy, are you still going to get that? I mean, does it cause the same thing to the brain? And, and my argument against what you're saying is, not saying that anybody needs these things per se, but sometimes when you're in the frame, when you're in the picture, and you, I mean, you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. So you get that little subtle reminder to pull you out and to slap you in the face. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that's definitely, it's, it's medicinal. It has, it has its benefits. Like, you know, sometimes when you're stuck, you know, in, in a certain mindset and it's, you're not loosey-goosey enough to be able to um, um, move your consciousness into, um, to, to remembering how, how you were and this time and that time, then yeah, you definitely need something to push you in there and um, remember you and, and then now you're remembered. Yeah, and, and in that same setting, it's gonna be opposite. When you go to a plant-based as opposed to a symptom-based where they're basically taking a drug for the rest of their life, right? Nobody's gonna sit here and want a microdose for the rest of their life. It's not even necessary, you know, for one. And, and two, it's like, Again, the fact that you could take something that has grown from the earth and receive benefit from it, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just rationalizing because I got none. <laughs> <laughs> I farmed some for you. Uh, we can. Well, the problem, the problem is that the real growth comes from. We'll, we'll talk off record and. Um, I uh, might know somebody who can uh, take care of you. <laughs> Off the record. But the real problem with, um... oh, shit. I, I just lost my train of thought. Damn it. <laughs> See? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Cause... This is an actual, like, uh, I do this in front of, like, classes. 
Did you shift into your left brain and then you lost your train of thought? Like, so well, I started paying attention to Corey, what Corey was saying, and then I kind of forgot where the thought was going. Okay, you were you were thinking about proprietariness or I did though. He was, he was paying attention. That's focus. That's left brain. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't I didn't go into right brain. I guess I just focus on something else and let go of the thought. But my problem is that I, I jump from focus to focus. I told you I have ADHD. So I, I, I do this in front of class sometimes. I'm like, da -da 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 -da. I'm like, huh? No, it's cause, <laughs> it's cause you know, that whole, that whole thing we just talked about in the beginning, like when you're, when you go um, deep into something, yeah. it's, you know, in order to get back to the agenda, you have to switch to this other part of your brain. Interesting. And, yeah. That's yeah, why you have right. this, you have this uh, um, brain fart, I guess. You go on amazing tangents sometimes but anyways um what was i trying but in to order to go into those amazing tangents you have to shift to the right brain the left brain can't do that the left brain i guess just tells the right brain what, what it can you know what to do and things about back to the story and the right brain takes the story and runs with it yeah i guess i just i just i've been talking for a long time as part of my career so yeah Right, well, because left brain is, wouldn't left brain mean more logical? You're thinking, you're in super thought, like right is, you're just in flow. You don't even have to think. Everything just kind of comes together. You're just present. Have you ever been present but not there? I think I've had, we had this conversation before. <laughs> I'm not sure what you mean by that. I've been so focused on the thing itself and reading it and, and presenting that I kind of spaced out and started seeing from behind me. So I went so deep into this that I, I got out of it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, oh no, I went out. I, just, I dove out. Shit, you saw yourself? Something like that. But it, it, this is what happens. Sometimes I catch my brain. I'm like, I catch my, my thought. I'm like, where was I? What was I saying? What was I speaking? What, what, what was this? Like, I, I've done that multiple times. That, that kind of goes into the next couple of topics I want to talk about. Like, uh, it's asking, um, Dr. Dobransky, he has this book called... Uh, KWML, King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. Uh, mm. And that he calls that observing ego. And that's actually good. You know, that, that's a good thing. That's where you're, uh, but you're basically, you can perceive a lot more. Like you're kind of in third third person point of view. Um, but he said to always practice that. You know, and that's, I think that's real mindfulness, you know, where you're not so um, one-sided, you know, stuck in your. I, I, I battle with this. I battle with having to stay on track and just letting my mind go. And I don't really battle because like fighting it, but I know that in order for me to make a point and I just keep, I just fucking rant and see what, what spills out and let the, let the deities possess me and, and see what happens. I, 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 I try to stick to that. I try to focus myself back. So I'm constantly going from that flow. I, I can't get into the flow because then I just don't have a point. I just keep going and going and I keep flowing and the flow doesn't want to stop. It wants to keep going. And eventually I have to make a point and I have to go back to that left brain. So I, every time I talk, I go, Ooh, it's like flowing into that. Right. And I think the moments I have gone into the right is, is the podcast I have done like by myself. I've done two by myself. One was 30 minutes and one was like an hour or something. And the one where it was just an hour, it was just me diving into that zone. And 
yeah, I think I'm going to start diving into that zone when it comes to, well, at least talking about myself. It's talking with people and flowing when other people are supposed to have a, when I'm supposed to get other people's opinions and, and compare and contrast and do all these other things. It, it doesn't work. So flow works really good if you're doing a speech or a presentation. It doesn't re- work really good if you're doing um, what we're doing right now, a podcast or a discussion. Uh, it's subjective, though. I mean, it depends. You can work flow together, but it, it wouldn't be subjective. Like, how well do we flow to where we can all have a conversations in sync? Because you can look at flow from a different perspective as opposed to you being able to flow your entire thought, your entire consciousness in the moment. You're going to catch my consciousness, your consciousness, Ahmed's consciousness back and forth. And then, oh, okay, well, now we're over here when we started over here. You know what I mean? As opposed to you take it where you want. But yeah, you're talking about, we're still, we're still saying the same thing. Like, I can't go into my flow because your flows are, are the, all there as well. The, 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 okay, so you're saying it's not like a micro flow then, kind of. Well, it's not just because all me. It has to be me and you and Ahmed, and then we have to kind of co-create a story. I get that. Flow could be listening too. So flow means how well are you in taking what that person's saying and here in the moment while they're flowing on their consciousness in the moment and whatever that thought that they're following that's taking or the sentiment that's being spoken of. And then are you here or are you thinking about something that they just said or something you're going to say in response? That's my argument. Right. And because I still think you can flow with multiple people just different in a different way. The conversation can flow, but I don't think you guys can get into Yeah, your own conscious flow. flow. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't think you, you can get into I mean, if if someone goes on a three to four minute um, monologue, all right, then you can you can tap into your flow. But if we're supposed to be having a dialogue, I think it's very hard to have a flow, mostly because we're trying to have get get points across. We're trying we're trying to agree disagree or put things into question like right. we're, very, we're being very left brain very logical that's a good point um sometimes in our conversations we do go into flow where one of us goes into one of the topics we're really you know, charismatic and, and knowledgeable about and we just let each other go into flows and then we pick up on that and that's cool too but it, it, i think it's a little bit different it's like um well, i guess Going into flow of workouts is the same thing because sometimes the workout is three minutes and sometimes it's two hours. So I guess as I say, I guess eh, never mind. No, so yeah, we exactly. do go into flow, just different kinds of flow. I I think it's exactly the same thing. I don't yeah. think there's a, there's any difference. It's just like ten times harder. Not mm-hmm. there's just ten times more connections. Um, sure. Because you're uh, you know there's there's this one world and then there's this other world and now you got all these worlds. Um, doing commerce with each other rather than just just the world doing commerce with itself right right wow. that's what the internet did to us brought us all together yeah, but it, yeah i can because you you definitely don't agree with yourself all the time do all your thoughts agree with yourself hell no <laughs> i definitely am self-sabotaging and i definitely think negatively when i sometimes i shouldn't be yeah um, and then plus plus the very nature of thought itself is uh, this is Zen Buddhist content concept, but you know, Alan Watts talks about this all the time. How, like, anything we think is it has like a flip side to it that's you know, that has truth to it too, you know, and like pretty much the just anything we say, like, we, 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 the, the nature of thought and language itself is, 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 uh, is dualistic, meaning that it's like 
it's showing you only one of the one side of the coin, only the yin or the yang. Because that's, we can only see one side of the coin in our normal states of being. And I say your normal states of being, because I'm like, all right, take enough shrooms, you're going to see all six sides of that same coin. Like, what? But yeah, except when we go into that right, right side, you know, and then, mm-hmm. then we start seeing that whole picture, which is why we can just go on these rants with the right side. Which makes me think like, okay, um, the original question is, we're, we're talking about changing ourselves and what we, we have done to change ourselves. And we started talking about meditation and microdosing all these things. I think people should do breathing exercises. If you don't want to do psychedelics, breathing exercises can have very similar short-term results you're not going to have a six-hour trip on 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 isotropic breathing (laughs) you you just you're going to be breathing the whole time like that you might but it's going to be intense i mean i can go as far as say ice baths ice showers could work for you cold showers man right now is a game i cold showers will fucking if you're in a meditative state and you're you have and you're shocked your body with cold water you no choice but to breathe right <laughs> not only that but i have felt like i remember one time i don't know if i was higher if i wasn't but i uh, i was taking a shower and then i i do do my I, I do i do turn it to cold at the end just to get that same effect i don't shower completely with cold because i like hot showers not time in our first apartment when we were forced to shower in the cold yeah that was fucking brutal dude i was doing that for months that shit was horrible well regardless of that um no, one time I fucking the water, cold water hit me, and then I literally felt like I don't know. It was like a bluish entity, Medusa looking, had hair like big ass snakes and shit, and it was just like a deathly cold stare looking at me, and I was like, "Oh, what the fuck!" I was reacting to the water because it was cold as shit, but that's the image that popped into my head when i had that feeling and i was like whoa this is that was just fucking weird that was just unexpected random images flashed before my eyes i was like okay uh, that's weird i don't think i was high too i just i don't think i was high i might have been though i might have been but anyways um cold water yes breathing exercises yes they'll get they'll change your states of mind I, the thing i've actually been doing consistently more than anything else, is uh, Isha Kriya. And I was doing it with, over there with you, Ahmed, but I, I fucking, I sabotage myself a lot. But Isha Kriya, I've been, it's become more of a necessity now. Like, you can feel energies go Literally, that's what they say. This is to settle your energies. So it'll help you balance this and then this is that. I, I feel it right after that 15 minute practice. It's completely different. And it usually makes me more meditative and want to do chanting and go out, do more spiritual work. So that's a good, that's a good first thing that I'm doing that people can do themselves. They can look up Isha Kriya online and do it themselves it's chanting it's breathing and it's um sitting there yeah what about you guys nothing not changing anything um i've I've been doing uh, a lot of uh pc exercises those are pretty good 
I've learned to distinguish um, people who cockle, like, you know, uh, Kegel exercises. Ah, those are, I need to start doing more of those. Those yeah, are. So there's, there's a lot of subtlety. Like you're not supposed to um, clench. You're not supposed to tighten any other part of your body. So in order to do that, you have to learn to identify the, uh, the Kegel muscles. And we actually have four different Kegel muscle, you know, exercises to do, you know, in order to do that. that for women, not for males. I didn't, that's my first encounter. No, oh, no. Kegel for exercises men, are great for men. Yeah. For men, there's like, this is one of those things. It's like water um, because, uh, <laughs> because uh, for men, there's like this universe of, uh, of uh, sexuality. And within that, the core thing about men is um, uh, we're the opposite of women in, in, in the, uh, in the Taoist, in, in the Taoist explanation, we're the opposite of women in the sense that when we ejaculate, we lose all of our energy. Um, you know, they gain energy, man. They yeah. that's so wild. The women, you know, this I'm going into like some other tangent that I shouldn't, but it's like in the Surangama Sutra, Buddha talks about this how in this age of like of uh, of uh, extreme sexuality, due to that principle that you know about it, what happens is since women actually gain energy and men lose energy, what happens is like in this Dharma ending age men are going to live like really short lives and then women are going to actually live like really long lives because they're absorbing, <laughs> they're absorbing all these yeah all because these we're energy. constantly just giving our energy away <laughs> like, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, so yeah go, you know going back to the main point though you know like uh we you know and th there's a lot of other things about this that there's like tons of amazing books on this and it's called brahmacharya or you can just look up uh semen retention on reddit and stuff um, but the basic idea is that there's so many uh, horizontal axes of development that happen by uh, conserving your semen, and it's just it's it's limitless. And religious books talk about it, um, self-development stuff. You know, everyone talks about it. The only people that are not going to talk about it is the modern science community, who believe in you know. Oh, you don't have a gender. Oh, two plus two equals five. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's okay to jack off. Oh, it's okay to like teach kindergarten kids to pleasure themselves. Like That's weird. this is what modern That's weird science shit. is this is what bought out science is telling us, you know, the you know, corona hoax but you know movement. Yeah, think so, about it. Any real scientist that's selling you a product you can't necessarily like that's the thing. We have technicians that, like, I'm comparing technicians that are selling products. The scientists are trying to disprove themselves. That's really all they're ever trying to do. Like, or, or it depends on what science we're talking about, too, because there's different categories of science. Yeah. This shit is garbage. Like, mass is in science. Like, even this is so crazy. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, just to, to you know, the, so the main thing though is, uh, yeah, semen retention uh, for men. Due to that basic principle that the Taoists explained, this is this principle is worth a million dollars. Knowing that principle, because it's it's so obvious because the book, the religious books talked about it already. But for us, it's worth a million dollars because, um, as men, um, if we listen to modern modern science's advice on this, we're just going to end up being degenerates and not achieving our uh, full potential. Um, and all you have to do is just not. <laughs> not become so hypersexual and if you are going to be hypersexual then you better work on your kegel exercises like hella 
Yeah, I need to start working on my Kegel exercises. That's for sure. And even if you aren't going to be sexual, um, if, you, if you're like a celibate monk, it's still important to work on your Kegel exercises because um, when you reach certain states of meditation, uh, really subtle samadhi realms and stuff, what happens is your whole body becomes soft and then um, your body enters in a state of bliss. And at that point, even though you're not like, you're not doing anything sexual, um, you can you can still have like a wet dream basically at that time. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we've all experienced that kind of thing in our adolescent years where we would, we would pretty much naturally have long bouts of semen retentive uh, you know, times. And, you know, those are times we've had a lot of wet dreams because that uh, our bodies were just inundated with all this energy and in our dream realms, they, 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 uh, they actually um, become actualized, you know, cause we, we tap into, we were expensing, we're in all those realms right now. It's just that we're not really tapped into it right now. We're just in a more of a, uh, you know, conscious level awareness manipulated world so what you're saying is we can have dream orgies yeah we're, we're, <laughs> we're having we're having those orgies all the time what? just that you know even right now your your body is having orgies right in every all the all the time uh, it's uh, just that your mind isn't your mind isn't uh in that you're, you're just not focusing on it interesting like, you're just wow. not focusing. It's kind of like when you, it's, it's called the science, you know, modern science has their modern boring names for it. You know, it's called the reticular activation system uh, where your mind isn't, you know, your mind is focused on something, then you're aware of it. But when you're not focused on it, then you're, you just kind of ignore it. Mm. Okay. So like in, in the so more- We're just not paying attention to the orgies going on around us uh within us around within us, us yeah. yeah that you know that uh, akashic layer yeah in the spiritual community that you know they have those different layers those things are real like you actually have different bodies and you um i mean i'm saying this authoritatively not because i experienced it but because like all the spiritual texts talk about it and um not just spiritual texts from hinduism but buddhism Taoism, christianity like all of them talk about it in this parallel format like where you can just like literally match it up like they all talk about the same thing but they're it's not, you know so are they all a conspiracy <laughs> are they all like in a conspiracy together no it doesn't yes. make any sense <laughs> so, yeah they have oh, you know, these isolated monks that never left their community ever and they become enlightened and all they did is write this write this biography and that's all they did you know they cultivated they achieved enlightenment or whatever and they experienced they had all these ex- experiences that went all the way towards enlightenment and those experiences are related to seeing uh, and experiencing these different levels of consciousness that we're all carrying around with us all the time you know and uh, we just don't tap into it all you know all the time normally because in order to tap into it we have to kind of really relax our minds which we're really only doing when we're entering that altered state known as sleep. Cool. Yeah, but in that altered state, you can easily like lose your uh, um, life essence. Uh, and going back to the topic at hand, like the- uh, Wait, you can lose your life essence? 
Yeah, the, the your, your semen. Uh, it's not so the se- it's, so it's not the semen. Yeah, it's not the semen itself. It's like so, it, it's not like oh, um, this kind of weird subject. You know, you can't you can't be like eating your semen and stuff. Like oh, you know, just you can't you can't be like eating your semen and then you'll get it back because the the uh, quintessence. <laughs> The quintessence isn't fully in there. It's actually like, um, it's actually like, uh, it degenerates really quickly. So it, it's not like, um, it's not like con- fully contained in there. So uh, you actually like, I guess it evaporates it out. I'm not sure exactly of the bio, physical, energetic standpoint of what exactly happens, but you can't just reabsorb the semen like a woman can, you know, like w- women, they're the inverse. So when they um, <clears throat> when they have orgasm, they actually lose only ten percent. Whereas we're the inverse; we lose ninety percent of our um, of our gathered energy, and that's because we're basically like the we're basically the male the male spiders. You know, eaten after. Yeah, we're basically just uh, pawns for the for the natural biological paradigm that we're in or the male honeybee that loses its dies after having sex yeah but yeah you know you can you can say f that and you can you can cultivate this natural thing to to like magnificent godlike levels because there's godlike potential in in that shit you know it does sound like a tempting offer yeah and and, 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 like levels and you can, you know, you don't have to become completely celibate. It's one key thing is there, there's a few, a few other important things, especially the mind level. But uh, even if you don't have the mind level, the physical level control is really important because um, you can you can uh, pull you can pull back. It's called the you know pull or something. Yeah. Um, so. One actual, one actual physiological benefit of the Kegel exercises is I used to do them. I don't know why the fuck I stopped doing them. Why? Well, I kind of. But one of the actual I'm doing them right now is is um <laughs> I'm doing them right now. Well, I like to focus on the Kegels. You know, I treat it as a meditative practice. No, I actually do. Like it, it takes your fucking energy to focus on that one spot and tighten it up for a couple seconds and then let it go. Like it's it's like flexing your arm. It, it takes focus if you've never work them but whatever one of the actual benefits is um you're able to control not control but you don't have like uh premature ejaculation bullshit you just don't have it it doesn't exist if you're doing kegels why because well first of all you're actually flexing those muscles and using those fucking well using using that wiring there so first of all it's making sure that the wiring is working second you learn breathing control. And once you learn breathing control, especially related to your penis, it's going to help you last as long as she needs to last, which is kind of what I like to do. I, I hate finishing first because it seems wasteful because I keep having sex. Well, why would I finish if I can keep having sex is my point. So yeah, I, I, there's, there's, you, you have, I'm just to be honest, you, you have this idea that's very common in in the western idea that and it's because you know porn and stuff but who cares about her it's not about her at all 
It's all about I you. I care about her. No, it's not. Because I can come very easily. And the more pleasure I give her, the more pleasure I get. The, the uh, bigger my orgasm is. A thousand percent. A million percent. It's, as I as have as fucked as more. The, the, bro. Like there's there's a good book on uh, on the you know the way of the superior man by David Data, um, yeah. that, you know has a lot of uh of, of these uh basic principles that will help to reach the conclusion um, that you know it's you know you've got to do what's most important for you. There's plenty of other ways to um, pleasure women. You know there's there's a book called She Comes First by Ian Kerner. He talks about the importance of you know non penal Penetration and okay, yeah, oral yeah. sex, yeah, yeah, oral sex, you know, um, finger and you know, stuff like that will actually be a lot more, uh, um, helping her. If you're really interested in helping her, those are, are far more effective in being able to surgically help her, you know, achieve right. and you know, having way more control over her, too. Control uh, touch, too, like you don't even have to, like. Oh yeah, there's some really kind of women will get off too. There's some really uh, fringe stuff about how you can use vocal, um, your voice, like you know, phone sex. Um, there's some interesting programs by Ross Jeffries where he talks about how he gets women off with just like, and women actually admit that they actually have like actual orgasm because, um, you know, the woman's yeah. mind is totally different from ours in that the sexual element is totally connected to how she's feeling in that moment and this is why women are basically untrustworthy because she's not like logical like you you and i like men she's more connected to how she's feeling right now oh the the mailman made her feel excited okay now the mailman's the center of a world you know that because women's sexuality revolves around their emotion and there's a lot of evolutionary biology books that talk about why that's designed and why we wouldn't be here if it wasn't like that. You know, one of the reasons, one of one of the many reasons is that you know, if like, if a woman was, you know, the whole in India where uh, women um, go kill, you know, they kill themselves after uh, their husband dies. You know, if every if every woman did that, then we'd be pretty, because uh, you know. Humanity is pretty, you know, we've had a pretty destructive uh, war-filled time, right? You know, and there's, a, you know, a lot of women are shared among men and stuff. And it's, it, we've been a kind of a communal culture. And if women didn't learn to move on, especially like pretty quickly, then um, they wouldn't take care of their kids. They would have all sorts of, uh, you know, I don't know what it's called, but like revenge syndrome where they're like, they hate the child and stuff like that. Um, and they'll, they'll like harm the child because the, the child is from another man, but. Spiteful motherhood sounds like. All these things happen, yeah. All these things are real right now. Yeah, but yeah, that's uh, why. Uh, Wait, so I still don't understand why I shouldn't give a shit about her. you should give a a shit about yourself first but never um compromise yourself for her how would i compromise myself by not coming that you just literally said he he receives more pleasure if he pleases her first or uh, the more pleasure i give her the more pleasure i get it's 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 
like literally exponentially related. If I have selfish sex, which I have had before, then I don't really give a shit. I kind of do whatever the fuck and probably not as good. Then as I'm actually manip not manipulating her, but using her mind, body, and soul at the same time. Like talking to her a certain way, touching her a certain way, um, kissing her a certain way. Like the things to stimulate, not just pure sex. Not people. They're sexual, but not. It's not just. Well, not just sex. So again, just the more pleasure I give her, the more pleasure I get. Like the most intense orgasms I've ever had were like when she was way, like way super satisfied. Let's say that. So she being super satisfied led me to have amazing orgasms, and I was like, okay, maybe there's a thing about not being a selfish lover, and. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that that's a problem. I don't like being a selfish lover. And if I do find it come across a selfish lover, like a woman that's a selfish lover, I lose interest extremely quick. Extremely quick. I don't care how hot she is. I, I just stop caring. And once I stop caring, then eh, there's no point in continuing the relationship. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, I think I was thinking, yeah, you're, you're right. Um, those, those are important points. I think what when you were saying about how uh, you don't want to do this because it's about her that kind of mindset um that's not the whole thing like you know because when you're doing these uh, uh i didn't really say that i think i, I the only reason i said i don't want to come is because i stopped having sex so if you come in 10 15 minutes that means you can't have sex for half an hour potentially whatever how long she, she want to go like i only want to go as long as she's comfortable with it and she's enjoying it like there's times where it's just not I mean, it's just coming from the right mindset, like, you know, kind of like a business, like, oh, I don't want to do this business thing because and I, I just think of other parallels, but I don't want to do this business thing because it doesn't make this much money. You know, the thing is the principle. I, oh, I don't want to do this because this is not aligning to my principle uh, of this, you know, like this core, you know, this is not giving value. I'm not to myself, you know, like this, I'm not getting any like, you know, coaching, for instance, you know, Corey coaches because he, he gains things from, from teaching people. He wouldn't be coaching if he didn't, if he was um, bored doing it, you know? And so, uh, I know, I know some people coach will probably coach, even if they're bored doing it, they'll just coach with something they know. They don't know. Well, that, that, they might say that, but you know, no one, you know, they gain a lot coaching and teaching. It has a lot of sure, um, sure. subsidiary benefits and they might not sure. be uh, verbalizing that, but, but um yeah the I guess like yeah that side that you're talking about is very important but um I think there's another important side too that you know when you're doing like advanced Taoist practices and you've got the whole uh, semen game down um, you're supposed to uh, do this energetic rotations um, and you're focusing on your own body sensations and you're kind of you're in a meditative realm mm. you know and that realm doesn't involve thinking about her. It doesn't involve thinking about, because that's for her, her body is for her to focus on. Her cultivation is for her to focus on. This is stuff that like, this is advanced Taoist stuff. This isn't stuff that, hey, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. We're going to have a one night stand and we're going to be, no. So when you're talking about advanced cultivation stuff, it's, we're having sex with people. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, exactly. I was like, why would, why would, I, if we're meditating, why would we care what the hell other person's like? No, okay, but okay. So yeah, this we're both is having sex, we're both focusing on each cultivation. Once, once you've got the whole, you know, level one, level two, this is like level three, where um, you're doing energy circulation, because the penis and the, the vagina, when they connect, it's basically like a key in an ignition switch, and then you basically, you're basically like clicking. The ignition switch and it basically you, you can if you do tant tantric cultivation properly we should probably not publish this because this is really advanced stuff and I, I don't think this is supposed to even be ex explained i'm probably gonna get bad karma we're talking about well i don't know about all that yeah. i'm not gonna explain this all this and yeah that's hey. as far as i'll also say well, I, I'll, I'll continue the conversation and say I've had those un, unintended energy fucking things going on. Because that's my, my main reason for meditating and doing all these stuff is the first time I realized that there was something more than just real, that there was energy, that there was something else was sex. That was my first experience into energy because I was like, I understand the biological aspects of this. I understand all this, but this is simple simply by looks igniting different kinds of chemicals and doing all this other like it's just crazy so the first thing that the first reason i got i was interested in energy and so on and so forth was sex because of sexual energy and i think it's the easiest thing for people to realize exists once you realize okay sexual energy there's a type of thing there's a type of energy that gets around when you're in that kind of mood and that state uh, what else is there um but yeah i've had those experiences where i felt like i was giving her energy i don't think she knew what the hell she was doing because yeah I, I like experimenting and, and and seeing well i meditate and i chant and do all these things i like i like seeing how, how things react but I, I've, I've felt where I've given and then I've taken and then I've given and then I've taken. I'm not sure if they were rotating the right way, but I have felt energy exchanges on both sides. And it's pretty freaking awesome. Pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah so that's really uh, advanced tantric stuff. And originally there's been a, there's been a, um, what do you call it? a walk on this information, like Taoist people, they wouldn't allow any of this stuff to be explained outside of the sect. But I think now, like, they, uh, my, my teacher was, like, talking about how they basically, like, unlocking it because we're basically in an end, in a dominating age where people need all the shortcuts and things they, they can, especially where people are just wasting their sexual energy instead of cultivating it. They're just kind of throwing it all away into a napkin somewhere instead of like um, cultivating their mind and body and, and to become like superhuman um, and help the world. And also not just this world, but the many other planets in this uh, universe that we uh, transmigrate to and from. And, uh, yeah, well, I, I can only agree with you, man. Like, I, I think I should save more of my my seed i guess it, it makes sense I, I that's one thing that i've been 
the other biological imperative. First of all, I I, uh, I stopped feeling ashamed to jerk enough because there's a time where I was having these, these thoughts and I was like, well, I want to save my energy. I wanted to do this. And, and every time I did jerk off, I just felt bad. So now I just, I don't feel bad. It's not that I, it's, it didn't help me. Feeling the shame, giving myself shame didn't fucking help me. So how did you do, how did you get through that though? Did you just say I'm not gonna shame myself anymore? You just decided not to feel bad anymore? How did you go about that? It was something like that. Like the reason like everything's good in the moment. It was like honestly, it was just like cheating. Like it, it just in the moment, yes, yes, yes. And then as soon as it's done, you're like, ah oh, fuck. So I don't have that feeling anymore. So it, when I do it or don't do it, I either commit or I don't. And if I commit, then I'm, what the fuck? I, why am I going to bitch right after? And if, and if I say, no, I'm not going to do it, then okay. And that's that, that's that. So it's just like, it's a conscious acceptance of what's to happen. And it's not like, oh my gosh, the, I'm being possessed by demons and they're forcing me to jet. No, man, like <laughs> there's, there's a biological imperative that I have. And there's this fucking, I can't fucking focus sometimes. I really fucking can't like, I know it doesn't help me because then just it resets the clock and then a couple hours later or days later, like it's going to do the same thing. But sometimes just busting the nut helps those energies calm the fuck down. And literally the best meditation for me in the morning is, is sex <laughs> like that. And since I'm not getting that right now, it's, 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 it's kind of hard to just, yeah, to switch that off into nothing. Actually, I should switch that to meditation. But yeah, I agree with you. But yeah, I, th that's how I stop feeling shame. I, 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 when I do it, I'm gonna do it and fully commit to it, or I'm, I'm not. Because if I'm kind of half yes, half no, yes, no, you this, that, that, that. If you're doubting yourself, don't fucking do it. And if you're gonna fucking do it, don't doubt yourself. Like the action's gonna be done. Yes, there's negative. There's repercussions to you losing energy. There's a lot of clocks that get reset. There's a lot of things you can't cultivate you putting shame on yourself and, and saying no, blah, 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 isn't, it wasn't helping me. Maybe it helps other people. Maybe David Goggins was, is a person like a help more. And he's like, Oh, you're a punk ass bitch. Why the fuck do you, maybe it helps him more if he, he tells himself that, but nah, that's just Instagram marketing. He ain't saying that to himself. <laughs> I don't know. Didn't he hear the stuff where he, he recorded something to himself and he didn't want to run. And he was like, I sounded like a punk ass bitch. <laughs> I was like, he right. But no, I mean that's that's cool. I I've known that before. Like you should you should do recordings of you know post post uh, jizz uh, regret. Record yourself talking to your future self, and then listen to that. Like that's a really good uh, trick to uh, not trick, but that's a really you're, right. yeah. You're you're the you're the master of yourself. So if you can't listen to yourself, like dang. Who are you gonna listen to? <laughs> Write that down. I'm gonna remember this on Pose Jizz regret recording, and I'll just be like, ah, I'm gonna no regret anything. Anything like you know, because we're changing from moment to moment, true. and like the person you are today, you're gonna forget it tomorrow. You know, like you sleep, you know, you're basically a new person, and that's a great thing. You know, sleep is a great thing, but you know, you're, you have to realize that you're, you're not who you are yesterday, but you are responsible for who you are. Um, you know, because the only, yeah, you're, you're responsible for, uh, 
who you are tomorrow, and you're also responsible for the 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 way you fucked up yesterday or whatever. You know, yeah. basically, like, you know, if, if you're basically backstabbing yourself if you can't um, um, if you can't do something that you really feel like doing. Yeah, but this is another thing. Is like, there's one thing where, like, like me eating meat. It's not. I'm not compelled to eat meat. Like it does, it's, I don't feel like I'm biting myself to not eat meat. It's just not something I'm fucking craving. So there's no energy expenditure there. But if you want to do something, you're constantly telling yourself, no, don't do it. And then you're like, all right, do it. No, don't do it. All right, do it. No, don't do it. And you're constantly going back and forth. Not only are you wasting a ton of energy that you're not going to be able to use anywhere else. It's not fucking helping you, man. I, just take responsibility. Like if you do jerk off, just realize that, okay, if you were trying to conserve your energy, well, you know, fucking do it. If you were trying to do this or that or that, then that's not going to happen. There are not consequences. They're not really consequences, but there are things that happen when you do it. Just accept them, accept them fully and realize that, all right, this behavior can be bad if done compulsively. And you should check yourself when you are doing it compulsively. Like sometimes I catch myself doing it compulsively too. It's just those moments of hypersexuality. Like getting rid of hypersexuality is extremely fucking hard. I've found that it's harder to get rid of hypersexuality than it is to get rid of sugar. And sugar is heroin. No, yeah, that's, that's your. I I have like uh, years of notes, like uh, you know, like in, in my notebook that that'll take like a long time to explain. But one thing that struck at me, like. The first thing to do is like just learn about things from this and just, you know, you know, no need to shame yourself, no need to do any of that. Just uh just start learning about it. But uh yeah. one key thing that that I really this is like the most powerful thing that I have in my notes, which is that uh um basically your nature's bitch. Do you wanna keep being nature's bitch? Like that's because that's basically the essence of what what I what the thing you know the 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 more like expounded version is that um, nature basically directs you. You're basically uh you're basically like a a bag of genes, and nature put all these desires and cravings in you in order to make sure that you're going to propagate them, and all these thoughts and emotions that you have. You're not really who you are. Who you are is actually once you emptied your ball sacks, that's that's who you actually are. Um, because that's where, you know, nature actually you know, the the mind controlling things of nature, that's that's where it kinda of, it, it came off. Now now you're actually thinking clear, you're actually thinking straight. When you're not thinking clear and you're not thinking straight, you're you're um thinking all about sex and, you know, swiping and and all this stuff, you know, all this stuff that we do that orients around the biological God, aka woman, aka reproduction, instead of the um, transcendental God, aka cosmic consciousness, Buddhahood, um, becoming God and you know, transcending the, the fleshly plane of existence, you know. Those are the things that you really want, but you know, they get crowded out. And they get crowded out because of your the biological uh, uh, programming that that's um, that 
fixing you in, in, in this form in order to do the two things that nature wants you to do, survive and replicate. So, you know, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta say no to, um, to the latter one. Um, yeah. Especially because nowadays, you know, we have so much, uh, yeah, I think it's so important for people just to learn about this stuff and to normalize themselves. Um, and it's, those are part and parcel of the same thing, you know, you got to learn about stuff and come back to step zero. And in, in order, and in order to do that, um, you got to just, you know, learn more about the, how reality is and what it is really, and not just what media programs you, you know, with all the images and expectations and, uh, you know, being married at a certain age, having an X number of sexual experiences at an X age, like all those things are just societal yeah. programming. Yeah. For anybody. And it's so, Go for it. My bad. No, yeah. So it's so ingrained in us. It's, it's crazy. You got to get rid of all the guilt surrounding all that stuff. Yeah, you really do have to let go of all the guilt and expectations and stuff. And and porn does lead to expectations. And just be real, people. The best sex you have will probably not look like porn sex. It shouldn't look like porn sex because porn sex is meant to be, I don't know, kind of savage. Like, you can look at romantic porn, which is not as hot. But where was I going with this shit? Oh, yeah, porn does... um lead to a lot of expectations and it also leads to a lot of I don't know man it's totally fake it's just it's a show um like people people should not watch porn like I'm totally it takes me a lot of uh self-control sometimes sometimes I'll just be like curious I wonder what but you know, like one night, the the thought that that the most powerful thought that I have that uh, everyone has like different, like there's like a ton of different things that are reasons not to watch porn, and you know just like there's a ton of reasons to become vegetarian, but someone might do it for one reason more than another. But for porn, like it actually feeds this uh, this demonic. Uh, pyramid of energy that's fueling the sex trafficking industry it's true that is true also take a step back and and realize it's an adult entertainment industry you know like if people weren't so bored with their lives and didn't want to be entertained by other people's lives it, it, it wouldn't be making so much fucking money as it is well yeah, there's a lot of other reasons and I'm, I'm i might say that this thought whole you know is, is the most biggest reason but there's probably the even bigger reason might be the one that i'm not looking at uh which is that simply just not beneficial for the mind um just it's just not good for your mind to have those images in your head and um to you know have all those thoughts because the you know things you look at the images that you have in your mind those are important those are basically like micro affirmations that's true. Um, thousand percent. Yeah, I don't know. How the hell do you get off of this shit, though? Like, I don't know, uh, man. I'll be honest. Most of the sex I've had in my life has all looked like it's been in porn, I guess. Has what? You said most of the sex you've had in your life has 
Because what? Are you saying you're copying from porn? Copying from porn? No, no, no. no what no, did no. you say? Like, I, I didn't hear you. It's just been that style of sex. I don't know. I'm just attracted to that type of woman. Oh, yeah. It's just different kind of women have different kind of ways of showing passion, I guess is one way to call it. And maybe the woman that you hooked up with also looked at a ton of porn. There's been a... I've probably had a mixed range of them and most of them... What the fuck? We're just literally... Yeah, most of them probably didn't look at porn, so... I've had a lot of sex like that, but a lot of sex wasn't like that as well. What the hell? What is going on with you? Too? Yeah, I think that's one reason I got to find a girl uh, overseas. But yeah, I think like the, because their 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 minds are more innocent and uh, the experience is more original, and rather than let's follow this program. But yeah, even uh, I think the most important thing with like the most important benefit with, with knowledge and porn is that it it's going to deprogram and like, sure you learned all this cool stuff and it is actually learning, you know, um, all these different things are, they are real. And, but some of the stuff gets into like deranged level stuff, like, you know, uh, you know, eating, I, I don't think eating butts is really, uh, normal. <laughs> I don't know, man. There's, don't some, know. there's some very big proponents of ass eating out there. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> There's a lot of women that really enjoy that too. They, there's a lot of nerves and they're really sensitive on there. I mean, yeah, I don't know about all that. No foot fetishes and like licking feet and. Uh, that's a very interesting. I've I've heard of people with that. That I I don't know, man. I'm not sure about. I've like, never I've yeah. never eaten a girl's ass. I'll, I'll say that on record right now. But I've definitely seen and heard from women's mouths that apparently they enjoy that. I mean, oh, Janae Aiko made a song that said, eat the booty like groceries, unless she was just trying to make a joke. I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess some people could find it pleasurable after the first round of like, ugh. <laughs> like, because <laughs> I think the biggest well, yeah, here is Argo like, Well, I'll even go as far as like, there's women out there that like anal sex, but they'll like take precautions and they'll, go ahead and like clean themselves prior to going into the circumstance, you know, like it's not like they just jump into it. Yeah. yeah. They just keep the possibilities open. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is like, did you really want to do that without um, being programmed uh, uh, to do that? Interesting. You know, would you naturally have done that? And you know, if you did, then that's great. You know, that's just a natural expression of your sexuality and, you can express sexuality in like pretty much any way. There's infinite number of ways you can express sexuality just by looking at each other in certain heavens of the, of the Buddhist realms. And they, they have babies just like with the, you know, by looking at each other. That's fucking insane. You look at a cute shake and you're like babies. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, there's a really good book on, uh, I have to read it. It's on my reading list, but, uh, and then the basic purpose point of the book is um, it teaches you how to uh, have a more loving attitude towards sex rather than a sexual attitude towards sex. It's called uh, Sex as a Meditation or something like that. I've got to look at the name, but 
that's a great idea. Yeah. That that's what I want to do. I think that's that's the best way to meditate, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. That's it's actually the the you know this this whole sect of Buddhism. The left it's called left door Taoism or left door Tao. It's been protected for a while, but it's like uh, I think now is the time for it because we don't really have that much time to come <laughs> That's real. And, like we don't have that much time, peace, and we also simultaneously have enough educatedness to be able to possibly succeed at it. But it's really dangerous because there are things that can go wrong. Um, and you do need a lot of virtue and even mindedness and purity to actually do it. Damn. Ironically, like this sexual path actually requires you to be really pure and uh, clear minded. Yeah, that, that makes sense though. That actually does make sense because then you get into these these weird distortions and and yeah you get you get delusional if if you're not pure with this you 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 would get delusional and and, and it it turns into a power play instead of just a love play so I guess you do have to be more loving yeah that's true. all right so let let's start wrapping this up because we've been talking for a minute now and I'm pretty sure y'all got shit to do so. Let's bring it to this question. How do we get, how do we unlearn this hypersexuality that society has, or that society and ourselves have instilled in, inside of us? If that's what you wish. Like, if you don't care about your hypersexuality, if you're a thousand percent okay with it, then that's cool, man. There are consequences being hypersexual. Uh, yeah. So, as long as you're able to deal with them and you're okay with them, then fuck it. So, how how do we deal with this how do we unlearn this thing how do we or do we even deal with this or like i don't know man this is harder than putting sugar you you should also take a step back and ask the question and since you guys were talking about kegel exercises for men you should shoot the men that listen to this podcast in the direction to be able to learn to do that since they won't like search the internet or some people will but you know if you can give them a direction there's kegel exercise apps there's apps that help you do Kegel exercises. Oh shit! That, Shout them out. Tell the people. Well, I, I really don't know them, but I've, I've I've seen them. I had one of them before, but all it is is um, you hold the muscles that usually hold your, your erection. You find those muscles. There's a collection of muscles in your anus and and douche like not douche um, what well, there between the balls and whatever. There's a collection of muscles there, and whatever holds the erection, usually a lot of them. That's what you're supposed to tighten up. Ahmed was talking about four different muscle groups. I, in the beginning, you're not, you're not going to feel any of them. You're going to have to try to feel all of them. And you're going to have to clump them up and tighten, tighten the whole section up. And eventually you're going to fo- be able to focus into the specific muscles. But in the beginning, you're basically, imagine you have a hard-on. The muscles that allowed you to control that hard-on to make it harder or loosen it up, that's kind of what you're you're working on and you're you're flexing you're doing a five second hold and then release two seconds five second hold and then release two seconds this is a basic kegel um yeah online dude there's tons of things and all this other stuff so there yeah, you go i just i'm sure they wanted to hear you know yeah y'all was talking about it it's 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 really helpful and if you really want to last longer in bed this is kind of what i was using it for like you last way longer once you control those muscles and once you learn how to breathe with those muscles, you're going to feel like 10, 15 seconds before you come. You're like, oh, my body's ramping up to the, to the, to the final point. Let, let me take it a step down. So 
we can keep going. Because realize once you ejaculate, it's really hard to, it's not, you can keep going, but it's much harder to keep going than if you didn't ejaculate. That's for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of good books. And I feel like you probably like, really, oh shit, there's good books. What books? Shout those out. Um, the Ultimate Ejaculation Mastery. Damn. Sounds really good. I would say Rico also when because when men ejaculate then you just wouldn't you say you release those hormones too so then you're not really as I don't know I feel like something's going on there what do you mean primal like once you ejaculate the first time I mean you can still have it but like if you're not hypersexual you're not going to really be horny again but there are times when that can occur yeah it just depends on how hot she is and how much she wants it but um and yeah. or in some people's cases, they might be on drugs, you know, so they can just keep going. That's true. At the same time, as you get older, that energy does start to dwindle down. And I noticed that very much in like the past couple of years. I was like, what the fuck? What is, what is up with me? Why can't I keep up? And I was like, oh, shit. And yes, that's to do with diet and exercise and all this other stuff too. But not taking all those in consideration because I wasn't taking those consideration either before. Um. Yeah, age, like your, your hormone levels and what you need and what you want is going to change. And like, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, being 20 is much different than being 30. I would say I don't have anything to worry about my libido, but yeah, definitely not the same way I was in my early 20s. Well, I, I think it actually has affected my libido, meaning that I can't go for as long and as many times now as I could before, even if I, everything else was the same. And I'm talking about like, uh, it's not, not hypersexuality, but the refractory period is is a little larger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the refractory period is way oh not yeah a little bit longer right now. I'm not that old to be honest, but like before, like teenage years and young twenties, I used to be able to finish and just be like, all right, let's fucking go at it again. Like it, it was no fucking issue, and now there's the hormones in my brain seem to be a little bit different and make me want to take a nap more, which was not the case before. Because the case wasn't like I always wanted to take a nap after having sex. No, that's, that, that's been happening more recently in the past couple of years. But anyway, it might, it might just be the diet and all this other stuff as well. They've been kind of just compounding. And no, yeah, it's definitely age. Um, it, it does happen. With, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely there too. Um, but um, the... Let me say one fearful thing here. Um, if you are wanting to follow this left door Taoist path and try this shortcut towards enlightenment, which is basically what it is, it can it can cut down the spiritual path from like ten years to to just the three years, like to be to having this the golden immortal body. You can actually do that in like three years if you do sexual cultivation right. Uh, but the fearful thing is that. Um, if you're, if you've diminished your sexual energy to, because you've thrown it out, um, you, there's also in Church of Chinese medicine talk about how when you've thrown it out long enough, it'll, you also, you don't just throw away, uh, the regenerative one. There's also this non-generative one called prenatal chi. Um, you, you, you're born with a certain amount of this prenatal chi and, um, it, it basically reduces, reduces, reduces over time. And if you 
throw away your regenerative chi too much, then you're also, you're, you tap into that prenatal chi and you basically become older faster. And uh, um, if you're too old, you know, and that could be in your late 40s, late 50s, whenever you, um, whenever your life force is dwindling, then you, you basically can't do the shortcut anymore unless you take special herbs to, uh, to uh, jump that back up. So, yeah, it's good to uh, conserve and at least do some basic conservation. Yeah, I mean... But, yeah. Yeah, I get. I, the only yeah. other thing I can say in this one is, uh... yeah, in terms of resources, the best resource on this subject is go to Reddit, search human retention, and then on the right, on the right side, there's like a link for like the whole library. There's like ginormous library of books and stuff, which are extremely valuable. Go to Reddit. Shit, I've never heard that as a as a official source. <laughs> Reddit. But yeah, it makes well, it's like a community. source of sources, yeah. Yeah, it's a community, and then there's there's documents there. I get it. All right. No, what I was gonna say, the only positive thing is, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess the post just regret recording. No, no, post just regret. It's just if you're gonna do it, do it, and if you're not, don't. Don't fucking don't play yourself in the middle and be like, ah, oh, this or that or this. Don't don't make it too much of a big deal. All right. Um, save your energy as much as you can. And if you don't, then let that shit go. Don't you don't need to add more negative energy or more bullshit to your fucking head. So, yeah, do it or don't do it. Just let that shit go as as as, as soon as possible. Um, have no regrets. Don't be proud, because un un what's it called? Unwarranted pride or just useless pride or I don't know what the word is, but just unearned pride. Or things you not you don't need to be pride, prideful for like yeah don't don't be prideful don't feel shamed it is what it is and call it a biological urge and move on ideally you do save you do get a golden body or what do you call it what do you call it I'm a golden body golden immortal body that's like the okay tenth type of immortality that you can achieve so you get to level ten immortality if <laughs> you don't do it for three years and do it the right way but there's also there's also more relevant psych, actual like psychological and physical benefits if you do retain yeah yeah i mean you you don't have to do any all you don't have to do anything in order to get these benefits that's literally the easiest yeah. thing easiest yeah. like don't do anything. uh yeah you you basically don't do anything you don't that's like the whole spiritual process too. I mean, it's not yeah, even bigger. Level. But for, in this case, you don't have to do anything special. You you can still think about random stuff. You can still be negative even. It doesn't. You know, you are gonna have small disadvantages. But all you have to do is just like not, not uh, lose your semen. You, that means you can, um, you can still have sex. You can still uh, even oh, masturbate and stuff. But yeah, it's that's just, what I was gonna have. In, in this Taoist realm and the Taoist thing, is edging still a thing? Yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. So, like, initially, you're edging and you're, I mean, otherwise, what's the point of, uh, how are you going to test your mastery of 
um, your PC muscles if you can't edge. <laughs> um, there you go. Yeah, so you have to be able to edge on command, like, no matter what, because what happens is when you reach that, like, you know, we'll go back and talk about what if you're that solo monk and stuff, but, um, and, and you achieve that super spiritual state and you're about to jizz because it's so pleasurable. It's more pleasurable than, because um, a few of the spiritual books when they compare what Samadhi is like and they compare it to sex and they're saying that it's like thousands of times more um, blissful than sex. So, so well, easily are you going to freaking jizz if, if your body feels like that? I, I so, think that, that should be the ad that, that would get more, more, more peop- most people. Want to feel something a thousand more times more powerful than sex? Get go get go somebody, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> just become enlightened, <laughs> and just three easy steps, yeah. and five payments of one thousand. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, that, that would work, you know, for someone who hasn't heard that phrase already. But uh, <laughs> it's kind of pretty common, and if you read any of the yogic texts, like talk about that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. like that's why it's, it's super hard to cultivate that, and yeah, yeah, you don't even have to. You you don't even have to edge. Like you, you don't. A lot of people, uh, the NoFap. You know, if you check out NoFap group, yeah, um, they also, you know, they're they're the they they believe that you don't edge because edging is also just a distraction. But um, mm-hmm. um, and you so also... just put focus all your energy into. There's a lot of people that try to be like, you know, edge, and they, instead of cultivating their life, which is what they should direct their, um, you know, Napoleon Hill, he has, you know, Think and Grow Rich, he talks about sexual sublimation. Um, so, yeah, NoFap is more like sexual sublimation. You just totally just forget women, at least for a while, and forget all the whole the sexual drive that nature is forcing you into just focus on yourself and um, achieving your goals and getting more buff, getting more fit and healthy and mentally healthy and yeah, achieving all your goals pretty much. Right. Like in that sexual energy that normally uh, when you don't focus on sexual energy, it, it just scatters and it just makes you think about all sorts of stuff. Um, now you're direct when you direct it and give it a place to go, then that's what you're supposed to do. You know, the, the reason it's scattered and stuff is because you didn't, you didn't give it a place to go. So now that you give it a place to go and now, now you don't feel as sexually unrestful. Mm, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a, it's a creeping energy and you're like, you start becoming more and more tense, but if you can guide that energy in a, in another way, that's more beneficial to you. And yeah, why why not? And well, I want to get Corey's thoughts on this before we bounce, but I just want to bring in something. I, when you were talking about samadhi and, and 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 you have to learn how to edge because you have to learn going the difference between the flaccid state kind of thing, or you have to you have to learn how to not take yourself over the edge, and 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 more ways than one, in essence. And yeah, that totally makes sense because during my meditation there are many times where i'm breathing in and then on the out it's like 
I'm able to hold a place where my breath stopped and then I breathe out. And then when I breathe in, the breath starts again from a certain place, like a, a certain focused place. And then I, I, I try to go from the bottom of, or yeah, from the bottom of my lungs all the way to the top of my head, basically. And try to focus on select points. And sometimes I feel like it's like edging, but edging the focus of your energy kind of thing. And yeah, I can see how that would relate to 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 to, to, to sex and samadhi. It's interesting. All right, Corey, if you, are you still here? Yes, sir. All right, man. So, what are some things that can help people listening out there to stop being so hypersexualized? I mean, unless you want them to be hypersexualized, and that's your opinion. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I think here's my thing. Do what you want to do. If you want to change, change. If you don't, don't. But nothing so if, changes if nothing changes. Yeah, so if they do want to change, what would, what, would, what would be your recommendation for them to change? Or something they can look uh, into? Or something that you've done? Well, shit. Do? I mean, look up, what, maybe read a book. I don't know anything offhand, but like, I would even look and see if there's a, a, somebody who can, I mean, sometimes it pays to have somebody help you shortcut. If you can pay a coach or something along those lines, somebody help you in that aspect, why not? Sexual coach? Yep, there's people out there that could teach them more about themselves. Hey. Shit, I want to become a sex coach. That sure sounds fun. It's possible. But yeah, what's your, what's your you know. Um, but how am I changing myself right now to change the world? You didn't ask me that, but I'm going to throw that out there. Go for it. I don't know. I, I'm in the middle right now of what's like a, called a recode. It's just learning to reprogram my movement patterns. And honestly, the way walking feels in my life is way different now. And running too. I don't even like to run, but just the way the connective tissues, being a coach in the industry, being having worked out for like 10 years, different styles of working out. It's very interesting. I'm going to play with this for a few months. Walking differently? No, like this recode <laughs> programming that I'm on right now. Does that ever end though? Um, no, it could just be like my regular <laughs> training moving forward instead of the other types of training I do. Oh, like, uh, I mean, training. except for, okay. yeah, okay. training my body, conditioning my body, because in order to recode your body, you have to do it every day. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's a new, it's just a mode. And then like, it's very interesting to see the coding and the movement patterns because what they'll do is the people you work with is they'll um, show you slow motion footage of the way you move and they just lately I've seen a, a, I saw a video recently of like indigenous people moving and just showing the way indigenous people moved in comparison to the way we move we've like decoded ourselves entirely because of our environment so um, yeah by, by decoding you means we've well, cause for one, like at the first age you're able to be at now, like we put shoes on there. That's your first sensory to the earth. You'd lo you lost your connection to the earth. Not many people are walking around barefoot these days. It's like babies with shoes on. It's like, fuck can barely walk. Yeah. It's just, it just disconnected to you. Like, I mean, if we're energetic beings and the earth is an energetic field, like, and now we walk around with a piece of like uh, rubber in between that, you know, super disconnected. Yeah, I think every human would walk way different. First off, I get it because we walk on sidewalk. But if you work, if it, we'd walk way different if we didn't have those shoe coffins or those foot coffins on there. Feet or, foot. you know, yeah, 
They're terrible. They're what, footprints. What we, yeah, feet prisons. Corey, what did we use before uh, in the past? Because, I mean, we're pretty sure we had sticks in the past, like as primitive pavement, and we probably didn't always walk on perfectly uh, smooth, leather, clean. Yeah, no, it's just a piece of something mm-hmm. to cover the bottom of your foot, just just as a protective covering from like uh, inanimate objects and stuff. Yeah, I mean, like you so see, that's why stuff, barefoot right? foot, barefoot footwear are pretty like the most efficient thing you can do now. Like, but the thinner you can get to the ground, like I mean, I wear like a barefoot footwear, and the way I walk is way different than I did when I wore like a Van shoe or a Nike shoe or Adidas. Oh, all right, gotta get some barefoot stuff or uh, kill a squirrel or two. <laughs> yeah, no, like there's some really awesome barefoot footwear out there, though. Like. There's a stylish route that's a little more costly, and then there's a more cost-efficient route. But, man, it'll change the game on the way you walk. Barefoot footwear. Because your first, like, I mean, you, your feet are, first of all, like, there's a shitload of muscles, ligaments, bones, tendons. It carries the entirety of your body weight at all times. When's the last time you, like, looked at your feet and tried to control your toes? Just think about that. Like, we don't necessarily, I mean – majority of, let's just go gen pop gen pop are gonna wear a high-rise shoe a cushion shoe that's gonna be super narrow toe you're cramming your foot into the shoe instead of making the shoe fit your foot for style. yeah it's another layer of another layer you know and yeah. if you ever look when somebody's trying to do something in those high-rise shoes like i work with enough people on the planet that your foot's constantly trying to search for like somewhere to be stable Right. You can't ever find that in your shoe. No. It's hard to be balanced with shoes on, to be honest. I have, I have yeah. trouble keeping balanced with shoes on. Really? I thought, because it's, it's a flat, you have like a flat little world inside of your shoe. So because not. Cause, and then when you walk with your bare feet, you know, it's not a flat world. Most Thing, especially if you're walking in soil, it's uneven and it's even more Well, it's uneven. going to be uneven because first off, you don't even know how you should probably be even stepping on your foot because you've lost your connection from the earth at a young age and then you no longer were able to adapt it that way. If you think about it, like, I mean, it, I mean, it's the same thing. What, what is it? Like you put a pig, some pigs in the wild, they turn into a boar. Like you're yeah. adapting to your environment. Feral pigs. Well, I, I think the shoe thing is like, it's not flat though. It isn't. And your shoe. Like, no, not all of them are. A lot of them have an elevated heel. And and a lot of them have grooves in them. And, and, and yeah, it's and like weird. And all this other stuff in there. So it's not flat. And then, well, you try to balance yourself with one foot. Like, I don't know how tight your shoes are, but my, some, my shoes, you can wiggle. I don't. I don't wear completely constricted shoes that I can't like, no, you can, there's some wiggle room. There's like a centimeter or something you, you, that your foot rotates around when it comes to this thing. When it's trying to find balance, when you have a, when you have an open foot with nothing on, like it spreads out. It tries to do a, like a tripod shit. Like, but in a shoe, it's, yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't have that same grip. Plus I grip with my toes as well. You can't grip with your toes with, with shoes on. Nope, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Be, I mean, that's kind of what they're meant for. Uh, I mean, you're definitely like there's way more benefits in terms of like a uh, um, subtle sense of uh, not subtle sense of like you know just tai chi like teaches you how to balance and, you know be on certain edges of your body you know and um, use all your 
uh, muscles pretty much. So being barefoot does that too. I'm just still not totally convinced that, um, uh, you know, that we didn't have some sort of uh, flat structure on our feet for thousands of years. Because I'm pretty sure we used some sort of like, you know, flat thing, you know. You know what I'm talking about is, here, here's the thing, but you're getting away. We, we've created so much comfort from that. And it's a comfort that's a pillow. It's like you're walking on pillows or clouds because people are walking, trying to walk in the most comfortable way, as shape or form. And that makes your feet weak as fuck. It does. That's oh, yeah. what I'm getting at. And your feet yeah, carry me, your like entirety I'm... of your body. The feet carry whatever you weigh, Ahmed, that carries that all, all that weight. And then you're just de, de they're not getting strengthened whatsoever if you're wearing those shoes eight hours a day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, eight hours is way too much for me. I, I, I'm just saying, I've whatever, however people. much time. Ask humans. Most humans yeah. don't want to walk outside without shoes on. They walk around their own house with shoes on sometimes. Think about this, man. I'll take off my yeah. shoes as much as possible. I get, I get it, but like we, we think about, we're, we're still a little holistic. I'm talking like most people on the planet. Well, I don't know, man. There's a lot of cultures that don't have the shoes inside thing. Like, most people in America, my bad, Western. Western, Unless, yeah, Western society. I think Germans. I don't know. I think, I think I was talking about this before, like how people, we've changed now as a society, like immediately because of COVID. Like most people don't wear shoes in the house anymore. I don't know about that one. Have, have yeah, people. Most people do not wear shoes in the house because they, they could have COVID on their feet. I don't know. They don't even put the shoes in the house. Maybe some liberals came up with that one. <laughs> I've been I haven't seen anything that relates to that topic, so I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> Maybe there is a people don't trust shoes in the house no more. It's headline or somewhere. But they. Good. I saw jokes on that. I saw the opposite. I saw like trash talking. Like they say, people will try to take whatever way possible to be super clean, yet still walk in their house with the same shoes they walk around all over the fucking place with their filthiest fuck. Bringing in Ebola. Ebola. Yeah. Not Ebola, E. coli. That's what they bring in. Yeah. Well, I think we should end it on that note. Um, get rid of your feet prisons. Stop jerking <laughs> yeah. off unless you want to jerk off. It's <laughs> up to you. Do some. What you what you say, bro? Right, and then it's not bad if you do, right? Just don't yeah. shame yourself. Yeah, just right. do what you want to do and life, live with those consequences, bro. It's kind of it. You live with the consequences of your actions, whatever it is. Uh, what else are we trying to do? Remember to unlearn everything you you learn, because it's it's always good to have a beginner's mind. Uh, anything else? Nope. Change yourself. Change the world. Change yourself. Change oh. the world. Oh, yeah, re reminder to everybody out there. We now have Instagram. I need to start putting more stuff up there. And YouTube, I need to upload all the videos. But we have them. And change yourself. And change if you're them. listening, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. And hey, thanks. word. Or a four-star review. I'm good with Bs, but five is better. I'm not, not going to lie. Give us a solid and help us reach more people. Five-star yeah, review would be great. You, you can remain anonymous. Yeah, come Or if you want to leave your name, we'll shout you out on the next podcast. Yeah, for sure. I'll shout out anybody. Come join the, the community at uh, changeyourself.changetheworld on Instagram or on YouTube. C-Y-C-T-W. Yeah, or you can you... follow at the Ricoverse. That's right. Follow at Corey Renbarger. And photo, follow at Bodymind. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put mm -hmm. all your social medias if you guys want them online. 
But um, yeah, leave a comment. Join the community. Right there instead of a O. Bodhi. <laughs> yeah. All right. Just make right. sure so, that they, the peace people out, know people. that. Deuces. Peace out.